Are you now, sir, or have you ever been a member of the Communist Party? Apparently. Remember that one? That theme? Before Fletcher elongated it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode I remember nothing. number 200 of Grumpy Old Ben's Ford. Does it even matter what date it is? It is October. Well, it does. October 26, 2022, the day No Agenda was born 15 years ago. We are celebrating that and 200 episodes all at the same time. I'm Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac. We're 200. I mean, come on. People get shot every day more than that here. And from America's left coast, where even after 200 venting episodes, I've still got something to complain about. I'm Ryan Pemrose. But are you regurgitating any of the same old arguments? Yes. That is the problem we, with podcasts. We call that show content. Yes. You, you know, there was most people, I think, and I had this thought when starting a podcast, which is like, well, I don't want to cover the same thing more than once. And then you start doing shows with regularity and you're like, and <laughs> you're going to cover and once everything. You get to to 400 plus hours worth of shows you've got to realize that people who are have being turned on to grumpy old bands at episode 200 are not uh, unless their name is Rhett, they're not going to go back and listen to every episode that we've ever done so a lot of this content even if we've heard it before and even if the people who've been with us from the beginning have heard it before it's still going to be new to some people yeah but Rhett worked in the pentagon i think she may be investigating us I'm pretty sure that's true. And I look forward to the report because I need to know what I'm up against. They're like, there's one of these guys. They're in like a wood cabin out in the middle of nowhere in Washington. I'm just saying that that she, well, if you recall early on when she first found it, she's like, I'm going to go listen from the beginning. And we're like, oh, Don't. yeah, that's that's on you. Why would you want to do that? Every podcast. It's fun, which is why I pulled out the old theme. It's fun when you go back to a show that lasts more than, you know, five episodes like Sir Matthew's Maps with Matt. That doesn't change much. But shows that go on for hundreds of episodes or 15 years, you go back to the early episodes and you're like, this doesn't even sound like the same show. They really do morph into something all their yeah, own. Things change. Imagine that. Really? Is this the takeaway from Grumpy Old Minds? All right, everybody. <laughs> things change. Thanks for hanging with us today. It was a well, quick I could, show. I could I could probably elaborate on that if you needed me to. No, I think we all get it. Um, I, you pointed out today is, uh, well, obviously, Grumpy Old Ben's 200th. Uh, it, it, we, we had a little bit of a, a gap between 181 and 182, and some things happened. But, you know, that, that, not a big deal. Um, it's also the No Agenda 15th anniversary, which I always remember because it's about a, No Agenda started about a month after I got married, which means that I personally take credit for starting No Agenda. And as long as we're on the topic, I want to congratulate uh, Sir Spencer and Dame DeLorean for their 200th episode last night. Woo! And I, I thought I saw somewhere that it's going to be relatively soon that there's going to be episode number 333 of Hog Story. And who would have thought <laughs> that little podcast that could would be oinking into number 333? Well, I'm sure Fletcher would have found something better to do by now except that <laughs> carolyn just keeps going no we we have people that we need to entertain we have hot sauce to eat 
We have crazy rednecks to listen to their phone messages. Nobody's judging. All the shows are a little bit different, but they're all great. And they're all community supported, which is the beautiful thing. And we will have a donation segment in the show today. And it's it's a pretty good one. I think the, the yelling at the experts always helps. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you, you, you pulled out the sad puppy and just dragged him through the, this room yesterday. It's like, we're getting to, here's a milestone episode. If you're not going to support it, it could be a milestone for a different, very different reason. Maybe there are no more. Maybe we just make you listen to rare encounter instead. And people were like, Oh no, no, let me open up the checkbook here. Let me got that. What much you need? Hey, I got it here, boss. That's uh, not that I'm saying rare encounters not worth uh, listening to. That's kind of what you say every episode. It is. I wonder why Cold Acid doesn't support the show anymore. I keep uh, giving his show free perks, free, not perks. What do you call it? The plugs. Yeah, plugs. We're pimping yes, out. We're, we're, we're advertising. We just got a really crappy. But any deal. kind of mention is good because people are like, what did he say? What did that, that show? I want to listen to that. It can't be I, that bad. People are like, I can't believe Rare Encounters as bad as they say it is. And then they listen and, and they come and back. To be honest, I. I can take or leave on rare encounter. I can take or leave the, you know, the, the anime weeb talk. I, I generally tune out for that, but they have some amazingly geeky discussions where they'll take something that any normal human being would just take for granted of, Oh, it's, it, you know, it works like magic and they will go in and discuss exactly how the, the photon spin properties are where like go way too deep down the rabbit hole on things that nobody cares about. And I appreciate that because I do enjoy that kind of discussion, but let's admit it. All of us podcasters, we listen to rare encounter because of the podcast segment, right? One to, where they talk about our show to find out what they're going to say, what they've been listening to, what's good, <laughs> what's bad, what's up, what's down. And the beauty of all of this is you get to decide what shows you like, which ones you don't, you can support the shows that you do like big news. I like hog story. Yeah. And fresh air. Yes. Now I'm sure this will be covered. Actually the big news, by the way, you didn't ask me, but I do have fresh air. Really? So the smoke has cleared. Well, the, because autumn arrived. Did you, uh, you haven't left the area yet. So I was just wondering, because that obnoxiously long summer finally ended. And over the course of a day, the temperature dropped 40 degrees. It's about 45 degrees outside right now. It's about 61 in this room. Real comfy. I'm in a robe with a cat on me. Only one. Uh, the other one is over on the other end of the room, making a ton of noise that I'm hoping isn't coming through. The yeah, noise I just gate. heard that. It's like, is he stalking you? Is this like, I see you. In no, robe. no. She found something, some piece of detritus in the room and is, <laughs> is knocking it around the room. It's like, although we brought a bird in from outside, we're just playing. No, no, no problem at all. And my, my totally unscientific weather poll of looking at a container outside tells me we've received about four inches of rain in the last six days. That is good. That will get rid of a lot of the smoke. Yes. A lot of the allergens too. It just, just takes it right back to the earth where it belongs. Yes. And you know, and then, you know, we, the fish swim in that shit, which is great. But well, not for the fish, but the big news, and I'm sure this will be a topic on no agenda. So this is the great thing about being able to do a show the day before they do. And that is the cash app. Adam Curry is the one that turned me on to this by posting on the socials. Cash app now has lightning support, which is going to make 
people getting all of these apps that are podcasting 2.0 compliant, newpodcastapps.com. Going to make it very easy to load them up with funds. If you have the cash app, you can now just pay a lightning invoice. You can stream those sats anywhere you want to. So this quickly opened this up to a whole lot of people that otherwise wouldn't have, uh, wouldn't have had it, would have not known how, what the steps are to get to from that's what we said. This is a great concept, but there's still a few steps to get to even step a, it seems this is going to help that big time. Because as, as every podcaster into the value for value knows, being making it easy to load up your app with funds makes it easy to load up your podcaster with funds. Yes. Uh, Carolyn Blaney of the hog story show says cash app is not available in Canada. Screw those Canadians. How dare they not have cash app? They're becoming authoritarian enough. It's almost like Canada is not available in Canada anymore. But here's the thing. Can you not just use a VPN and uh, make it look like you're in the United States? Maybe you need an address. I was going to say, just use the PO box for the show. I can imagine the mail I'd start getting for uh, <laughs> random, uh, random stuff. But it's like, that's one of the, there was a European and EU judgment over the last week or so when it came to, and I, I don't even know if you can call them pirates. It's the wrong word, but the people that pay, you know, you live in the United States, but you pay for like Netflix or whatever streaming service in the UK. Cause you want to watch whatever that they don't have. And the streaming service where you are, And the EU is like, well, as long as the companies are doing the geolocation checking, they can't control people going around that, which I think was absolutely right, because you can't control people going around that. So let's just understand they 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 can't. I, you know, I'm fundamentally against using geolocation checking anyway. So yeah, because it's dumb (laughs) because it doesn't work is my main reason. But yes, it's also dumb and you can beat it. Right. And that's it. And it's like, well, but okay. So legally we have to say the stream can't go out to anybody outside of the UK, but you know, if somebody is using a $3 VPN, well then they can beat us. And, and and geofencing of content is the dumb part. The, the idea that using an IP address to geolocate is when I say it doesn't work, I don't mean just, you know, that uh, a dedicated person with access to a VPN, which is, of course, automatically makes you smart online, that that you can get around it with a VPN is not the only reason it doesn't work. There are also a lot of very legitimate uses that are being flagged as bad because these geolocation databases have errors or are imprecise. It, it doesn't work, not just because you can get around it. It doesn't work because the the. There is no correspondence between IP address and location. Not there's a correlation, but there's no it, not enough to be if, if you're, you know, if you're taking stats like, oh, yeah, 17 people from the UK listen to this show. That's probably uh, pretty good within statistical error. But saying you can't listen to this show if you're in Canada because Canada is not available in Canada. Is, right. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't work. You are going to get false positives and false negatives. I want the only Canadian podcast that's not available to be heard in Canada. Who would listen? That's the question. Americans. Hot maple syrup talk right here. Probably that's true. The concept that the Internet can be corralled. It seems like we've had thousands of stories about that over the last 199 episodes. The the UK was what we call recycled content. Uh huh. The UK was big with 
yeah, we're going to block all the porn sites. And it's like, no, you're not. You can't. I mean, you can try. But the reality is the only way to do that is to use a concept that is flawed to begin with. And anybody then that gets a VPN or knows how to tunnel content will be able to beat you. And what the end result is, you're treating all of your citizens like they're criminals. And people seemingly don't like that. But people don't like being treated as criminals. Isn't that they're innocent? That's a hot take. Yeah. (laughs) News at 11. It's the uh, way it goes, though, with a lot of these. You know what? That's what Grumpy Old Ben's is. News at 11. Yeah, it is. At least. Well, it's 11 (laughs) o'clock Pacific. It's one o'clock Central, 2 p.m. on the East Coast, otherwise known as no agenda time. Unless, of course, you're using a podcast app, in which case you're listening to this whenever the hell you want, which I would point out is the benefit of podcasts. Everybody doesn't listen live. I can't believe that for a minute right now on the stream 77 on the mighty no agenda stream. I mean, we sent out the emails. We did all the reminders. We had the big party. We sent out the party hats. We- and, and as I watched you this week, I, I would point out just in case anybody's wondering, Darren is clearly the promotional arm of this show. You were the one who, first of all, it recognized that 200 was coming up. And went, let's make a big deal out of it. And you were pushing and I'm sitting here going, Darren said it all. I don't have anything to say. Like you are the marketing branch of Grumpy Old Ben's. And I appreciate that. You're very welcome. We are here to please and we can help all the podcasters out there get their shows promoted to just as popular as ours is. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Let's take that pitch to Rogan. Yeah, we can. We, we can, can make really- your podcast just as popular as ours is. <laughs> Joe's like, how about I pay you not to do my marketing? That's a good idea, boss. Yeah, I like that idea. That's even better. That would be a great revenue stream. It would. If people would pay you not to work, that is the best possible thing. I mean, that's the dream of all podcasters. Isn't that what we're doing? We've never working. really figured out, how, I mean, because this was originally like a tech podcast and then it went into politics and then it kind of seems like the two have now ingrained themselves in each other to the point to where you really There's can't too even much intersection. It. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like almost impossible. Back when, tech and, back when tech and politics were two completely different topics and every story fit into one or the other, this show wouldn't really been an option. But the... There's so much politics in tech and so much tech in politics now that I I have two stories today, which really got me angry. And you might have talked about them already with Larry, because it's the kind of thing that you would say on Planet Rage. And you might have talked about them with Gene. But since I don't listen to any of your other shows, <laughs> except for Random Thoughts, the best solo show on the Internet. Yeah, I haven't listened to your Random Thoughts from today either. No, it was from yesterday. I released early. Oh, I wanted well, I to didn't be, listen to it. Today. I wanted to be fresh for this show. Is is that what happened? I think so. Or I was just trying to stay on a schedule. But OK, but honest question. When are you not fresh for this show? That's true. There's no time when I am not fresh and ready to go and be grumpy. The The first one uh, that really, really bugged me was uh, this one out of the New York Supreme Court. And I, I kind of call this one a win from the court. Uh, the Garvey versus city of New York. Are you familiar with this one on B the, the suit was filed by 16 city employees who were fired because they didn't get the jab. Yes. This was the judge that came out and went, yeah, you were never really fired. Yeah. 
Congratulations. <laughs> the, you are employed. Again. Not, and it wasn't that you're employed again. It was it's, it's you will be. Well, the, what was the reinstated to their full employment status effective immediately is what they were told. Yes. Which, which with, by the way, if you're a mid-level manager trying to manage your workload is going to really complicate things. Oh crap. I have to find tasks for all these people who haven't been here for months. Well, and let's not forget with back pay. So if you've been fired a year and a half ago and you've been sitting on your ass doing nothing, that last year and a half worth of checks is coming. Yeah. Uh, it's been about a year. Uh, the jab was mandated for all city employees in October of 2021. And then for all workers in the city in December of 2021. And if that is not a constitutional overreach, I don't know what is probably said so at the time because it was. And then, and, and here's one of the things that absolutely doomed the policy was, uh, Eric Adams, the, you know, new mayor who, uh, if you really want the best take on Eric Adams, go ask Tom Starkweather, who's a big fan of his. <laughs> well, he lives there. He <laughs> actually he does. He moved to Virginia. He escaped. Oh, he did. But, okay. Well, congratulations, yeah. Tom Starkweather. Uh, Eric Adams exempted performers because the, the vax mandate was killing Broadway exempted athletes because the vax mandate was killing one of their teams. I don't remember which team it was New York jets or someone. I don't who cares. Uh, and certain artists were no longer required because he wasn't really about the mandate completely taking all industry down to a screeching halt, just the ones that keep people alive. So, you know, they wanted to keep tourism alive. But so, not the, they, that's funny because they obviously didn't want to keep the tourists alive that no, came no to New that's, York. that's not that. But they, you know, there's a lot of people who are uh, who were, you know, total vax maximalists who honestly thought because they were being misled and also a little bit stupid that the only way to stay alive was to get this thing injected in. you. And uh, I think we've seen plenty of evidence that that it turns out this is more dangerous than any benefit it provided. But I'm not here to I'm not here to argue that the vax is a horrible bit of poison that nobody should ever have got. But the the turning it off for certain groups because of tourism was one of the things cited by the judge for claiming that the order was, quote, arbitrary and capricious, which is a legal term, meaning there is no principled basis for a policy or action that, by the way, pretty much describes all Democrat policy. No rules, only feelings. You don't operate on principle. You make rules because of an individual instance every single time. You know, oh, this one thing happened. Let's make a law that makes it so that didn't happen. Oh, another thing happened that would contradict the law. Well, let's do a different law. Let's follow a different law. And in every case, it's all about situational ethics because leftists have no principles. and Well, and very little brain. Well, the... Because treating people yeah. differently, that doesn't work. That when you have a nation of laws, it does not work to go, well, you know, you can only drive up to 55 miles an hour. Well, unless you're a white guy over 40, you know, that, that doesn't work. You can't make those exceptions. You'd have the law. The law is the law. It's for everybody. It's cut and dry. The minute you and, start and carving out different laws for different subsets based upon sex or the color of your skin, you got problems. Well, what they really want is a different law for every person based on your preconceived notion of whether or not that person is bad. Yeah, and you decide score. whether or not that person is bad based on their skin color or whether or not they've said something Republican on Twitter or uh, you, 
and once you know that that's the core of the ideology driving this is you know we have decided somebody is bad and you know this is cancel culture in a nutshell once you are bad then any action taken no matter how uh obvious or awful or how excessive any action is justified once you decide somebody is bad you know somebody looks at your tweet and you said something like uh you know trump wasn't all that terrible in office and or the economy was better under trump or something Somebody looks at that and goes, you're a bad person because you're a far right wing, et cetera. And at that moment in their brains, any action whatsoever, no matter whether it's proportionate, no matter whether it's related, any action that harms you is justified in the minds of the people that follow this kind of situational ethics. And that is anathema to the rule of law, which apparently some judges, including some on the New York Supreme Court, still think that we should follow the rule of law, which requires that all laws be based on principles and not individuals' actions. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. How crazy would it be if we got back to a place where uh, you passed a law because, uh, you know, it it's bad to kill people. Let's pass a law that says you don't kill people rather than Passing a law that says it's actually bad to be Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah, well, it's really uh, a problem again when you start applying different laws to different people. But this is what we've warned about with the Chinese social score and the same kind of thing is, while not still quite to that point, it exists in the United States in the form of you're going to be canceled if you say something on social media that people don't like. It's getting maybe less that way because of, I don't know if it's because the fact that Elon maybe is buying Twitter. I still don't know where that is sitting, but uh, they believe. I I don't know if he's buying Twitter or not anymore. If he's being forced to buy Twitter, if he's bought Twitter, there was a new already. I had no idea that there's already a left leaning version of Twitter that came out. You mean Twitter? Well, no, because now people are running from Twitter because they believe Elon's about to come in and totally destroy it. Oh, what was this called? I thought I had a story here uh, pulled for it. But the the libs of TikTok people who have to be on every social network, you know. Yeah, I was going to say TikTok is another example. The uh, the saying there's a left leaning Twitter. I'm like, yeah, that's called Twitter. (laughs) It's it's still. Yes, (laughs) there's one that's even more so that. They, uh, yeah, you they mean there's up. one that's that's overtly left leaning and and uh, blocks and bans and censors Republicans as soon as they post? Pretty much, yeah. That's called Twitter because the person that runs the libs of TikTok went and got an account. They knew what they were doing. They yeah. went and got an account. Well, this person oh. has a a TikTok account, so already a lot more courage than I have. Well, they at least have to watch. This is uh, the new Twitter for leftists is called tribal t-r-i-b-e-l i had no idea i had never heard of this yeah i know it's really is it like it's so on the nose with the name like if you're a bunch of lefties and you're sitting around like ah yeah what are we gonna call it that's like calling a right-wing twitter replacement truth yeah truth social baby (laughs) it's truth and tribal so that's the problem but the the person with the libs of tiktok who has been posting on 
Twitter and everywhere, all of the crazy TikTok videos that they can find of lefties. That's their whole shtick. If you have somehow missed that, all they pretty much post are TikToks of crazy lefties, and then they post them to other social media networks. So people on the conservative side can see how crazy the lefties are. Well, they got themselves deleted or banned from this new tribal site with one simple posting, which said men cannot get pregnant. That was all it took <laughs> to be booted from tribal, baby. And and when they when they booted, they obviously pulled up principles and used their definition of a woman, right? Exactly. Yeah. No, no. Nobody can explain that. It's very confusing. But if you say men cannot get pregnant, that will now get you canceled with certain parties. And those are the parties I'm thinking you want to cut out of your life anyway. I don't think anybody really want if anybody I'm if, way ahead of you. I'd never heard of this new network at all. I have not heard of it either. It's like they make and it's funny because they make fun of Donald Trump like nobody's using truth social and maybe oh, nobody oh. is. Speaking of hot takes, making fun of Donald Trump. I know. Well, there's no does there's, that. That guy is like sitting in his Mar-a-Lago residence watching, you know, whatever he's watching on the TV. And they I think keep, he's some kind of vampire who feeds on liberal tears. Probably. But they're trying to pull him so badly into this midterm. And he's staying fairly quiet, which is good, I think. But they're trying to pull him in because every issue still seems to be Trump, Trump, Trump. Even though Trump's been gone for over two years, it's still Trump, Trump, Trump. And it was. Yeah, but all of the really, really awful issues that were obviously caused by Trump while he was president just seem to keep happening. and. There's no possible explanation unless Trump is still around or they're being caused by the Democrats who are in power. But we can't we can't even consider that. No, we can't assume that they know anything about anything. I thought it was interesting. I don't know if I buy this. There was a pollster on another program, Frank Luntz, and he's been around for years. I remember seeing this guy like 20 years ago where he does the focus groups and all of that. And he believes the Donald Trump influence that might actually hurt the Republicans for the midterms is Donald Trump constantly saying the election's been stolen. Your vote doesn't matter. And he believes that people will buy into that enough not to go vote. Well, now is this, is Trump saying that is Trump saying that going to keep people from going out to vote that otherwise normally would have voted? That's the question. I don't think so. I don't either. I mean, I think that's kind of pushing it a little too far. I think everybody knows the rhetoric. I think everybody's heard, you know, except the left wing mainstream media. Everybody's heard Hillary Clinton go, "Ah, the election was stolen from me. And I think it's Hillary's birthday today, too. So we want to definitely send out a big 75th. I think it was somebody mentioned in the troll room that Hillary was the same birthday. She she killed again. Yeah. Uh, Oh, oh, you mean years, not not people killed right sorry this okay. was this and i'm like well didn't you know hillary clinton she owns the no agenda i mean that, allegedly you know, where she's the backing she's, behind it that's obvious, she's killed right? over 70 people in minecraft of course right not allegedly in, not in reality you're in you're in a different world don't worry about it but this was the whole thing it's like uh i don't believe that any person at all is listening whether it's hillary clinton or to donald trump going no i'm just not going to go vote because they said the election was stolen I don't buy that quite yet. I mean, there are people who say that on both sides. There are 
people who get frustrated with the system, justifiably so. There are nihilists who are like, eh, it doesn't matter. I could just fall over dead today and no one would care. And they might be right. There's always people like that, but it's not restricted to one side or the other. And I don't think that Donald Trump is the one who's causing people to lose faith. Well, maybe on the left, but they weren't going to vote for him anyway. That is probably true. It's going to be an interesting election cycle. I mean, cycle. The, the second largest demographic who voted for Biden was people who never bothered looking at the candidates. They had just been told orange man bad and wanted to vote against the orange man. And this was the other option on the on the ballot. The largest demographic who voted for Biden, of course, is is people who are uh, dead or moved away and not taken off the rolls or not citizens or just completely fake people who don't exist outside of Dominion voting machines. But we don't like to acknowledge that in the safest election ever. There's never any dead people voting in Chicago. I absolutely loved the the uh, the the media now is starting to ramp up with stories about how Republicans will be stealing and cheating this election. Yes. Which is hilarious because back in 2016, of course, the election was stolen. It was pre-election denial. And then 2020, where it went the other direction, was the safest and most secure election ever. Uh-huh. And now expecting that the normal Americans who are a little bit fed up spending $12 for a bottle of milk are probably going to come out and vote against the Democrats in droves. And so they need to plant the idea in everyone's head that the election was is not safe. It's not secure that the Republicans are causing fraud because Republican fraud. That's how six states mysteriously swung in the middle of the night uh, two years ago. It was interesting on the timing and all of that. No question about it, because I remember going to bed at like midnight, one o'clock, and it was like, hey, things are looking good for Donald J. And then I didn't I hadn't gone to bed yet. I watched that shit happen in real time. And then it's like, oh, like, what, three, like, four like, in the why morning? did they close down? Yeah. You know, right. Why? Why are they shutting down? Why are they pausing? I, you know, I was sitting here thinking they have never in in the history of voting that I've experienced. They have never seen any voting centers just stop and be like, eh, we'll finish voting. We'll finish counting tomorrow. No, you bring more people in and you continue voting until you're done. That's how it's always happened before. But saying, oh, we're just going to stop voting and then watching it happen in six states simultaneously. Little sketchy. Yeah. And then they came back afterward and, oh, look, here's a bunch of boxes of ballots that nobody had seen before that just (laughs) mysteriously appeared. I guess we didn't notice them before. And look, each every box is a hundred percent for Biden. That is amazing. Yeah, the it's an incredible coincidence. Well, a and lot I of this. still have people today who I cannot bring this subject up with because they will start shouting because they are so adamant that there was no fraud whatsoever in 2020. Well, that's how you know somebody's a total loon, because I will guarantee you right here, right now, in episode number 200 of Grumpy Old Ben's, that every presidential election yeah. in the history of my lifetime, there has yeah, been fraud. I haven't, I haven't lived through an election from president all the way down to, to garbage man. I don't know why who elects their garbage man, but whatever. That hasn't had fraud in it. That That is, you know, that is a guarantee. But yes, but it, on this on this scale is not something that we've ever seen before. Well, and it's because of the lies of the mainstream media with the polling. Here's another thing. If you believe the polls, 
that were right up to the point. Let's go back four years even further when Donald Trump won. If you believe the polls going into the day before the day of, oh, Hillary Clinton was running away with it. There's no way Donald Trump could win. So, of course, when you get a Donald Trump win, then everybody's like, oh, no, this is this is obviously rigged. This is fixed. There's no way the the media told us there was no way he could win. Yeah, there's an actual difference between reported voting numbers, which jumped crazily in 2020 and polls, which. Uh, I think any listener to No Agenda already knew, even in as as early as 2016, that polls are bullshit and the media is lying to you. Yes, they are. And what I'm seeing is probably going to happen. It's going to be interesting in this cycle. The black vote is one to watch, as is the Hispanic vote. The Hispanic vote has been swinging Republican bigly, as some bigly. folks say over on the No Agenda Social over the last. A couple of years, and that's going to be interesting to watch. But I believe that what you have overall, and I know when you talk in wide strokes like this, you're generalizing. But I believe overall, when it comes to black people that can vote in the United States of America, well, most of them do not want to vote Republican. But I do believe when they're mad, when they are getting hurt, which they are right now, then they just don't go to the polls. Most of them. Well, that's it. And the turnout is going to be way down, but here's the problem. Then, you know what we're going to get because of this, because this Uh, is this fraud, right? Well, this is very natural though. When fraud, a group doesn't right. Well, you're going to hear voter suppression. The Republicans suppress the black vote. Guarantee you. That's what's going to happen. When the Republicans do want to suppress the vote for, Anybody who's not eligible to vote, they want to suppress that. And, you know, the, the this, by the way, if if I had no other issues with either political party, this would be enough to compel me that one party is significantly more corrupt than the other. Not that there's a huge difference in the uniparty, but there is anybody who fights against transparency openness and security in our ballot system is corrupt i'm just going to put that out there if you argue against secure elections in any way whether you screech racism or you just say oh well of course it was secure we don't need to do anything in in any way if you argue that we should not have secure elections or that we should not implement measures to make our elections resistant to fraud, then if a politician says that, that is prima facie evidence that that politician is corrupt and needs to be strung up. I mean, kicked out of office. Because the Democrats will tell you, though, that exactly that is what makes you a hateful racist. Trying to make the election secure. I thought it was my skin color that makes me a hateful racist. Well, that too. I I mean, I I know I've been told enough. I know I'm obviously a hateful racist, but the reason keeps changing from day to day. I'm pretty sure even if your skin was the color of Kanye's and you said the same thing, you'd be racist. Somehow, Kanye's a hateful racist. I definitely heard that one (laughs) more than once. And maybe he is. I don't care. I don't know. Everybody's telling me that that he's a racist. Nobody's telling me he's wrong. Right. Well, this is. uh, The issue, Steve Earle, man, the great liberal singer songwriter, always said, just because I'm paranoid, don't mean they're not out to get me. And it's like, (laughs) there's something to be said for that. There really is. And when will voting be on the blockchain? I guess that's the real question, because I think it's going to happen eventually. Okay, 
I got into it with somebody who was telling me that uh, I'm communist for having come out in favor of ranked choice voting. If if we can't get anybody to trust that, there is no way anyone is going to trust blockchain voting. Well, the intriguing thing about ranked choice voting is I do believe it drastically changes the results. I'm not saying it makes them wrong, but it does drastically change the results as opposed to the system which had you, been you, in place are, are before. Are you referring to the possibility that you might get an election right for once? That would be a drastic change in a lot of these elections. Well, it's the intriguing thing of do we want there to be choice? Do we want there to have, okay, let's just say there's five candidates. Do we want people to vote once and use the ranked choice voting? Would that give you the same result as, well, we vote once and if nobody gets the 50 whatever percent to be a, you know, a majority, then we have to take the top two and do a runoff. I don't believe you get the same results with well, both types, which is where there, people uh, well, have the issue, I think. There are actually quite a few different counting systems that file under ranked choice. Uh, the, the, the one, the most obvious one and easiest to understand, although it, it has its own problems is called instant runoff. And it is kind of what you just said, which is, uh, you know, instant runoff is you rank who you want and you take the first choice from everybody. And if nobody got a hundred percent, you drop the last one. And everybody who voted, whose first choice was the whoever, you know, whoever got dropped, you move them to their second choice, count it up again. And this is effectively the same as having runoffs where you drop one person each time. Well, usually the the runoffs don't drop one. What they do is leave the top two. And that would be easy enough to also, if you, especially if you're doing this with an electronic system for you to do that and be like, well, there's only how many choices with five candidates, how many head to head matchups can you have? It's. So with, with any kind of ranked choice system, the, the functional difference is that instead of having multiple elections, which in theory, multiple elections would be an expensive way to reach the same result. In practice, the moment that the announce that it's announced what the first account had, you're going to have fraud creeping in people trying to correct it. People pushing buttons on their Dominion voting machines, people stuffing ballot boxes for the next one, people figuring out exactly how many fake ballots they need to print. It's, by the way, is is the same reason why if you live in a place like Washington state that has all mail in ballot, you should make sure that your ballot, you do not mail it in at all. Do not don't don't trust the the postmasters union who by the way came out in favor of democrats to be the ones carrying it i'm not accusing them of fraud but there's incentive there no take your ballot vote on election day november 8th the very last possible and walk your ballot into a ballot box on the last day why because every time that you if you vote two weeks early they start counting two weeks early and now the people in the counting room who may or may not be corrupt. I'm not necessarily accusing you of corruption, but why do I have no transparency into the counting room in my own state? They know how many votes they need to fake if they have 60% of the vote in early. And it turns out that, that that's two thirds for the Republican candidate. Then they know that they need to 
print this many Democrat votes and stuff ballot boxes. Now, again, not specifically accusing anybody, but we know that it happens and there's a lot of incentive, a lot of incentive, and we can't prove it doesn't happen because there's no damn transparency. Well, that is the problem. Bully Steed says the ballot even asks, regardless whether you voted against ranked choice voting, which ranked choice voting would you prefer approval or ranked choice? Now, with any of these things, if you're going to change or add a different a, system a of voting ballot for a ballot for selecting the system is the worst way to do that. Of course. Well, of course, because people don't understand it. And that is no. the hardest thing with any of this. Is have no clue. With people understand it, you can get a better result. If they don't understand it, people are just playing nothing in the, you know, whatever yeah. in the dark you want to. Like I said, I, I got into an argument this week with a troll in the troll room, somebody who is generally pretty well educated. That's hard to believe. Who, who's like, you know, well, Bemrose raves about ranked choice all the time. First of all, have I ever raved about anything in my life? But um, yes, coffee no. and your wife. Oh, those because those things are genuinely awesome. Beyond that, I, I don't think so. I, I apparently, uh, apparently, Bemrose and communists are the only things that rave about ranked choice voting. That was what I was told. <laughs> well, are you I, a my jaw you, hit the table? Are you now, sir, or have you ever been a member of the Communist Party? Apparently, I didn't know. I'm sorry. I thought I thought I was just understanding mathematics and and. Do I need to go over again the ultimate problem of the plurality voting system that we and every Western country has been using for, quote unquote, democracy forever? It's dead, simple, stupid to count. That is the yeah. benefit. And, yes. and, and that also makes it a little bit resistant to corruption. I will give you that. But over enough elections, every plurality voting system will always tend toward a two party system. And then that two-party system ultimately turns into a uniparty system where they show you two faces of the same people. And every Western democracy in the world is suffering under a, a two-faced uniparty system because they all use plurality voting. It, 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 I could go through the math, but I don't know. I'm not going to. But I mean, the concept, again, I think people would understand it better. If you're doing this electronically anyway, I mean, if you're doing and it with paper, even, maybe it gets even a little more complex. Is, Blue douche in the troll room right now is calling me a dumb shit because he chooses <laughs> not to understand how math works. And if you want to wallow in your ignorance, don't be a smug douchebag about it just because you choose not to understand how mathematics works. Just be a blue douchebag. But anyway, sorry. Now, if you're, doing this, about this. if you're doing this electronically, <laughs> I mean, especially if there's three candidates, this is very easy. You have, you know, OK, you're voting for Ryan, Darren or Larry. Now, if nobody Larry, gets all the way, right, Larry's always going to win. We're not even close. But if somehow nobody gets over 50 percent of the vote, I would rather have the system rather than say rank them one, two, three. You can vote for your top one. Well, you can rank them one through three. But then also say, well, if it was a head to head between Darren and Larry, who do you vote for? If it's Darren and Ryan, who do you vote for? If it's Larry Ryan, who do you vote for? If it's Larry Darren, who do you vote for? And that takes care of all of that right up front without having to have multiple elections. And it's something I think is easier for people to understand, yes. though. It is a lot more to fill out. And once it's more work, I get it. People don't like more work. 
it, it is it is more work up front, but the advantage to doing that, and it's it's effectively saying pre-filling, if you needed to make a runoff system, we're not going to call you back to the polls, which is a massive benefit for convenience. It's a lot cheaper. And and this is the thing that compels me. It is more resistant to fraud for exactly the reason that uh, once somebody realizes they're losing, then they can redouble efforts, which are often not ethical, to try to sway the vote in their favor when what you really want with a runoff is to freeze everybody's opinion at this moment. And the only reason you would need a runoff is because you're not exact. You're not sure you're measuring it correctly. But when you have a runoff election several days later, what you've actually got is a new election because those days are going to be spent either legitimately trying to change people's minds or trying to stuff ballot boxes to manufacture new people. Well, let's understand there is a legal stuffing of ballot boxes, which happened in the last election cycle. We saw where the money that came from Mark Zuckerberg went and it went into some very key areas. He didn't say, here's 50 billion, spread it out over the United States. No, all that money went into areas they knew were going to be very close and would make a difference. That's where they put the money. It was completely legal, but with that said, very unethical when it comes down to it. And these are the kind of things that are happening even more so. I'm sure there are bad voting machines and all of that, but to the level of the corruption happening, I think this was still way higher that they went out and they paid people to go into the areas and go like, well, here, let me help you with your ballot. I'll harvest that for you. Oh, let me help you vote. Of course you (laughs) want to vote for Joe Biden. That's the Chicago way. Yeah. Welcome to Chicago, baby. I did. I did see Italian beef when you're here. I did see a hot take. It was a meme that had a picture of Al Capone saying Chicago was much safer when I was in charge. It was, (laughs) you know, the gangster back then, they did not want to accidentally shoot 12 year old girls. That was not something that happened. If you were in Al Capone, Chicago, and you were a mobster and you accidentally killed a kid, you were going to be swimming with the fishes instantaneously. Yeah, they they took a very dim view of any kind of organized crime that wasn't theirs, which admittedly is exactly how a government works. Yeah, they want your money. They want your vote. They're going to find a way to get it. This is a no matter how many people get canceled for saying it like Lara Logan, this is the fight between good and evil. And I guess using some strong language and metaphor like drinking the blood of children was too much for Newsmax. but. I applaud Lara Logan. Oh my God. Okay. I I have set blue douche off. He is going in the troll room right now. The ranked choice voting is exactly how Hitler came to power. Well, I guess that means we ought to throw the whole thing out. Wait, plurality voting is how Joe Biden came to power. Plurality (laughs) voting is how Putin came to power. Plurality voting is every single douche. Nancy Pelosi wins a plurality voting election every five minutes in this country. Well, let's remember, Hillary's still saying that the Electoral College is completely outdated. Like, no, it's exactly needed right now. They want to go again because you always want to change it to how you're going to get the most votes. I understand that situational ethics. Yes. You know, I I am, you know, it would advantage me in this exact situation to have the system be like this. And therefore let's change the system permanently without even remotely considering what that change is going to do farther down the line, which is what happens when you lead with emotions and not your logic. 
oh, Hitler's associated with this. We have to hate it now. Well, you know, some things were not bad. You know, the crime rate in Germany was pretty fucking low. What's with everything? It's like when people go I mean, off. On yeah, so- he killed a lot of people. That's bad. The economy was great, though. If if we played drops on this show, I could even pull out Darren saying something like Hitler was right. Yeah, he wasn't always that wrong. And, and if you need a drop of me saying it, there it is. Yeah, there's your ISO. There's your <laughs> ISO, baby. That's a beautiful thing. I mean, this is it. Nothing is super simple like people want to make it out to be when elections come around. Although at this point, the Democrats have gotten things so bad that it is kind of getting to that point. It's like there's not a whole lot of shades of gray. We have. Democrats, you know, some the last one I think I saw was about a five minute supercut, and I'm sure it could have gone longer with the defund the police bullshit. People are looking around right now at the crime, going, Wow, maybe like, that wasn't such yeah. a good idea. Oh, don't worry. You know, the Democrats' next big push is gonna be refund the police. Right. Refund them, get them back here. Now fucking Kamala Harris was out there and somebody asked her about, well, you know, you supported and uh, gave money to this group and Minneapolis with all the rioting and looting going on. And she's like, oh, that's just misinformation, disinformation. It's like, no, the receipts are there. There, She didn't even delete the tweet that she made then asking people to chip in. I remember that because it's a keyword for the no agenda crowd. Kamala asked people to chip in to get all these rioters out of jail. And she just sits there, looks into the camera. It's like, no, that's disinformation. These people are fucking scary that they will lie directly to you, even though the proof of the lie is right there. They will lie directly to you because they will get away with it. They are incentivized to lie to you. And there are no consequences when the media is on your side. Well, yeah, when the media is on your side, then you have nothing to worry about. Thank you, Sir Lee Mofo. Maybe a tech story. Yeah, well, maybe a what tech story. Come on. People are having a well, lot of fun in the troll room. Sir Lee Mofo yeah. actually has a real job. And he has to go to a meeting, but he's oh, a longtime supporter of the show. Pull off the meeting. Grumpy old Benz is more important. Yeah. Yeah, this is it. Well, we had the we had the story about uh, the cash app, which I think will help. I know that kind of turned into politics, I believe. But the the cash app making it easier for people to get into the crypto sphere, I believe, is going to be helpful. And I don't know what other factors were out there, but I will say that I've noticed Crypto across the board over the last two or three days is up bigly. Again, the word I'll use from uh, No Agenda Social, which we've been tracking this for how long. It's interesting. It's everybody told us it was going to be a hedge against inflation and then inflation hit and the crypto market crapped. So <laughs> imagine that. Uh huh. It's like, oh, so you guys were like totally wrong with that. Said, yeah, well, even even like gold and silver have not reacted the way you would have expected them to and the reason by the way is that everybody who says crypto is a hedge against that assumes the original idea behind crypto which is is what we're doing you know everybody runs their own no bitcoin node and money is completely decentralized and the reason that the crypto market follows the big market so closely is convenience it's because so much uh, the crypto is tied up in these huge organizations like Coinbase who are behaving like banks and are publicly traded and are locked in with what Wall Street is doing. And when they grab hold of a huge chunk of the crypto market, whichever direction they fall, they're pulling the market with them. Yeah. If somebody goes, well, we got to sell off a billion, then uh, it gets noticed in the crypto sphere. 
So if you have a ton of money, you can definitely sway that market pretty easily. I had, I had one story. I hadn't one thinking about bringing it, but, uh, uh, headline Coinbase threatens to sue crypto traders who profited from pricing glitch. In case you needed to know <laughs> how, how much power they have over the market. This should not be something that's possible in the original idea behind Bitcoin, but Coinbase screwed something up, posted the wrong price on their website, and a bunch of people saw it and jumped on it and fleeced the market or Coinbase or whatever. And now Coinbase is like, no, you shouldn't have done that. And they're like, so? And now Coinbase is talking about suing them. <laughs> Good luck with that. It's just the glitch type was, thing. quote, a fault of a third party, according to Coinbase. Oh, yeah, sure it is. Yeah. This is where if you just buy your crypto direct, then you don't have these kind of problems. Uh, from what I understand, Coinbase kind of has their own little mini ecosystem as well. So people are buying and selling within Coinbase. So it's, again, maybe not actually on the blockchain when that's happening. I don't know how exactly things work on coinbase as then how they relate to the actual blockchain you know i don't know if you can move things around between users of their system without you know having something hit the blockchain which i could then see why you have more control or less control whichever way you want to look if there is an issue then they could really they can take a bath on that but you have to know what you're setting it up for it's like you know i went to do my grocery shopping yesterday and there was a coupon like, hey, you're a good Meyer customer. You can get 30% off all toys and sporting goods. And usually these kind of coupons are for just one item. This was like, it seemingly you could buy whatever the fuck you wanted. So I went, <laughs> I would. Right. So I went and looked and it also seems to have been overlapping with a Lego sale, which my wife's a little addicted to Lego. A little bit. And it looked like they had a current sale that was like 30% off Lego. And then if you added this, it was like 30 off and then 30 off again, which I then found threads over on the usual suspects like Reddit and slick deals and all that where people had ordered like $2,000 worth of Lego and got them, I guess, before Meyer went, huh, <laughs> th this is maybe not good. And so I was trying to buy some stuff and it wasn't even crazy. I was trying to buy like five items and they were all smaller sets and it wasn't going through and it was just giving me a, a very unhelpful error code. So I did what I hate to do, which is I picked up a phone and called support and got a really nice guy named Evan who really should have been like right out of will and grace, you know, the Jack character. I mean, if there was anybody more gay, I don't know who it was, but he was a very nice guy, very helpful. And he kept putting me on hold. I mean, to go talk to my supervisor. And the last thing came back with, they're aware of a problem. They're working on fixing it. Try back in a couple of hours, which I did. And it still wasn't working. And now this morning, like 24 hours later, finally on the thing, it's like uh, only three Lego per shopping cart. <laughs> which, so, yeah. Yeah. Working is, oh, sorry, we're, we're not not interested in owning up to it. Right. And that's and all I wanted. It, Clean up the mess, own up to it. Say, you know what? We didn't, somebody made a mistake and we can't. Is is that an, an, an unpopular hot take to say that companies need to own up to their fuck ups? And I would be fine with that because I've worked retail. I understand that if there's a problem in the pricing, like this Coinbase, there's a certain amount of people that are going to jump on it. They're going to get it. And if it's something that can't automatically be 
refunded or something by the company. There's not much they can do. So I understand there's going to be some people that are going to get it and others that aren't. But if you just say, you know what? We made a mistake. We're sorry. And try to do something. During the brief time in my life, when I suffered through a retail job, we were told like, if an item is mismarked, just give it to them at the marked price because it's not worth pissing off customers. And, and of course that led to the class of customer who would go ahead and switch the signs on the displays so that they could get something cheaper. Yes. Which is big time now with, especially with the self checkout, that is a big part of the fraud from what I've read that if you can swap the barcode, big part of the fraud that you're doing right now and allegedly Minecraft, because, well, here's the thing. It looks like if they're just watching, you know, here's the real crafty thief. They're like, well, if they're watching me on the camera, I'm giving it a barcode. It's beeping. It's giving me a price. And they don't know it's a $2 price tag that I'm getting when it should be a $2,000. Yeah, they know. They yeah, of know. course they know. And, but, but, and, and having been in the position of the consumer in this exchange, you'd take advantage of it too. Now I, I would, if it was mispriced, I would, but if they can show you in the store changing the barcode, then yeah, well, you've got a problem. Trick. Okay. Yes. It's unethical to be the one changing the barcode. And it's also, I mean, not, you know, one of the reasons, by the way, why the price tag on the shelf right next to the price will be the name of the product. Yes. Which really yes. helps against that because if it says, you know, $3.99 cheap crappy t shirt and you try to buy a, a, you know, prom dress with it, like, then you you point to it and be like that says three ninety nine yeah but it also says cheap crappy t shirt done. <laughs> when I worked at Circuit Shitty, it wasn't really hard for the shoplifters to realize on the CDs that the little tag that as you walk out the door removable right. Well, the little tag though that would set it off it was in the price tag, so it was a very yep. thin. So all you had to do was bring in a razor blade and they did. We would this we wouldn't because the CDs would be long gone, but it was not rare to find a stack of like 50 price tags just sitting in a corner somewhere. (laughs) Of course. Like, damn. Well, and of course you have, you know, what else is really easy is open the, you know, get, get a box knife or a cutter. Right. Open the CD case because that's just thin foil or like plastic wrap. Pull the CD out, stick a stack of raw blank, you know, naked CDs in your pocket. Leave the case on the shelf. That's true, too. You got the disc, just not the packaging. People get very, very creative. But back in Circuit City, it was very easy because they had the dark theater room, like right next to the CD section. So it wasn't hard to (laughs) You just just take. Yeah, take a whole handful into the room. Walk nonchalantly. Is there like, cameras in the room? No, that or was is that barely any cameras back then. I mean, there were a few, yeah. but barely this was not now. I would bet any retail store can see you no matter where you are, even sitting on the pot. I would be very careful at a retail store. So I do have breaking news from the troll room. The Uh-oh. crypto volatility is the result of ranked choice, I am told. Oh, well, that would make sense. I want more ranked choice then, because I want more crypto volatility. <laughs> that's gotta be a that's that's a feature of ranked choice. I need the volatility to go up so I can get the money back that I have in crypto. And uh, that way, all of the boostograms and stuff like that, they still sit. It's been rare, to, except when I paid for my uh, NordVPN account. Although there is a website I have found that shows all of, well, not all, but a decent amount of 
stores, whatever. There's some marketplaces that will accept lightning as payment. And you can buy things like gift cards for real world things, which is like, well, that could be very helpful. But now that the cash app, you can just turn lightning right back into uh, into fiat. That's also very nice. That's we've said all along. Once it's a lot easier to move these things amongst different um, you know, thing. Once you were able to take crypto and take it to fiat, fiat to crypto, make that nice and easy. More people will go ahead and do it. Everything for a fee, of course. Oh, well, of course. <laughs> you get back, get back eighty percent of what you do. You know, the you, lightning I mean, you don't go is money very, changing. Yeah, randomly. The, the lightning, though, I think the fees on lightning are still less than you would pay on PayPal, which is kind of a I'm beautiful not saying thing. A hell of a lot. No, well, but it's. I mean, it's less than you pay on a credit card too, and there's a reason why. I use cash when I can, which, yeah, until it's made illegal. Go back to episode number. Was that one or two of Grumpy Old Ben? Cashless. Yeah, I want to say three, but it's it's right. It's one of those first ones. We're like, this is exactly what we're worried about. And we still are 200 episodes in. But I thought there was an interesting article on CNBC, which is rare, which was talking about how Twitter And I don't know, this seems like this is maybe a hit job because of the Elon Musk thing. It would not surprise me. But there is research being done that says Twitter is losing their heavy tweeters. Now, what they consider to be a heavy tweeter. (laughs) I know this is great. Like like what? Five, six hundred pounds. I think they're talking about how often you tweet and they're not body shaming as one might want to do. But the heavy tweeters account for less than 10% of their monthly overall users, but generate 90% of all tweets and a half of global revenue. So allegedly. So spammers. You know, I don't know exactly what these folks are posting. Actually, no, probably influencers, which is uh, terrible news for the company. Yes, this is it's an interesting thing to look at if true. That when you have 10% of the people posting are responsible for half of your global revenue, that is not good for the well-being of the country. Well, honestly, the one piece of good news in this is that Twitter has a global revenue. They're, I don't know if they're making a profit, but they're, no, they're making no, ad they're money. Not. It says a heavy <laughs> tweeter is also to find someone who logs into Twitter six or seven days a week and tweets three to four times a week. Which seems still low compared to some of the people on No Agenda Social. They're, yeah, I know. Well, I certainly know people do a lot more often than that, but I yeah. believe that. I There's, mean, first of all, if you you know, if you accept Elon's number that something like 40, 45 percent of Twitter users are bots already, then you realize that the vast majority of others on there either created an account and then forgot about it or log in, you know, once every two months or and and here's a huge segment um log in all the time to read but don't bother sending anything cuz there's a lot of people who just consume content yes i would absolutely believe that the number of people who are generating almost all the content is quite low compared to the total number of users yeah that 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 fits with every kind of social media also mucking up the water a little bit there are two types of content which are the highest growing topics of interest among the English speaking heavy users. You know what they are? Horn. Yes. And crypto horn and crypto (laughs) are the top two topics. 
and they're finding it hard to monetize that. Like Twitter, I had never really paid attention to be honest. That Twitter is well, if one they'd of the hook up Lightning accounts to every Twitter account. They could monetize crypto a lot better, which they have. I mean, that with Alby, with Get Alby, all you have to do oh, is yeah. put the little tag in your profile, and all of a sudden, boom! Anybody using Alby, if they go to your Twitter page, you'll get the thing like, "Hey, you wanna you wanna tip this mofo?" And I, I had no idea that Twitter is totally fine with any adult nudity, that kind of stuff being posted. I never really well, paid attention. one of the things that Twitter and I have in common. So they will not censor that kind of stuff, which I can see Twitter maybe just going to become uh, the new, what, the new Tumblr? fans. Well, right. Yes. The new, that's even more so the new Tumblr. You're right. And maybe that's where the it's old going. Tumblr. Well, you can, there was some really fucked up shit on Tumblr. Well, you can still find that on the internet, but it's, uh, yeah, you have to search more. And, and honestly, you know, at some point you, you're like, okay, I don't need this going to get into my search history. Cause you know, at, at what point do you not necessarily want Facebook selling ads against you for, you know, anal beast rape or whatever it is that you're not that I'm shaming you for something, but. You know, let's just drop that topic. The the adult content that says constitutes right now, 13% of Twitter. I could see that growing quick. And once that sure. grows quick, Elon, it'll, it'll have a whole different business on his hand. I'll, to be fair, Elon might make a whole lot more money if it makes that switch, though. I had an article. Uh, this, this was actually in last week's notes, but we didn't get to it. Um, on the topic of the porn was... Uh, a big scandal that's popped up in a couple lawsuits between OnlyFans and Facebook. Do you follow this one? I recall reading something. It's about content and like throwing people from one to the other. And uh, sort of the, the, the short version is that it actually has almost nothing to do with porn other than that's who is there. There were a group of adult entertainers who sued Facebook for taking bribes to block Instagram accounts of porn stars who aren't on OnlyFans. And they are alleging that people at OnlyFans were bribing people at Facebook to censor their accounts because they weren't on OnlyFans. Because they were producing they were producing porn, but they weren't OnlyFans users, and therefore that's why they got censored. Oh, hey, bring your smut over here. Come on. And uh the the big story that popped up last week was that um only fans in filing a motion to dismiss, because that's what you have to do when you're facing one of these lawsuits, whether or not there's any merit to your motion to dismiss, you file it anyway. But in their motion to dismiss, they accidentally forgot to strike out the names of the people who were taking the bribes at Facebook. <laughs> Is that a problem? Uh, okay. So nothing, none of this has been proven in court, but. The the group of adult entertainers who was not named uh, in their in their filing, um, they filed a, a separate hidden brief that named three executives at Facebook. And so the the only fans turned around and in their motion, the, their public motion named these three people. So now and in fact, the Ars Technica article and the Engadget article both named the people at Facebook who who allegedly took these bribes. I'm not going to, but uh, <laughs> if, if you take the porn out, then it's just a matter of, okay, you know, there's a couple companies out here who are 
doing shady stuff with, you know, you, you build a giant machine that exists to censor people. And now are you really surprised when corrupt people are using it to censor people? Well, I'm not, but it becomes so much more salacious when you realize, oh, it's porn stars who are complaining. Yeah. Yeah. And bribing and bribing. There's so many different ways to be bribed. They should just move over to Twitter. They would be more than happy to post their content. Yeah, apparently Twitter's all for this. Uh-huh, there's but a lot people, of people. They want to post it on Instagram. Okay, you got to get no. out. You got to get on the iGram, baby. Move over to TikTok. They have no ethics. Yeah, because they're Chinese. <laughs> and let me let me specify. I mean, they're owned by the Chinese government. Not that all Chinese people have no ethics. I, I, there is an argument to be made that all Chinese people are owned by the Chinese government, though. Well, that is true. It is kind of a flow chart that just I'm not actually making that argument, but it does. It is out there. Just straight up and down. Uh, there was one other Twitter article that I had because the people that work at Twitter, they're really, really scared that Elon is going to control them. So they released a letter. Have you heard about this letter? To, uh, I, I would have if I hadn't been muted. Oh, there you go. The staff, Elon Musk, board of directors, we, the undersigned Twitter workers, believe the public conversation is in jeopardy. Oh, no, people <laughs> are just posting porn there. So we know that's not necessarily yeah, we want true. the government involved when it's when the again, situational ethics. Oh, the government shouldn't be involved. It's a private company. They right. can do whatever they want when you're complaining about them censoring Republicans. But if they ever censor a uh, liberal then we have to have the government step in yeah situational I, ethics yes and I th- all this goes down that line but i think it's worthy of just reading so people know where the twitter workforce is coming from the next paragraph elon I know where they're going to the unemployment line and i'm okay with that <laughs> yes yes elon musk's plan to lay off 75 percent of twitter workers will hurt twitter's ability to serve the public conversation A threat of this magnitude is reckless, undermines our users and customers trust in our platform and is a transparent act of a worker intimidation of worker intimidation. So, yeah, no, this threatening chicken little. (laughs) Yeah. So somebody that buys a company can't say you're bloated. I'm firing you without now we're intimidated because they're going to downsize. Fuck you. That's not intimidating. Well, that's not intimidation. It's sorry. That's business. Yeah, well, they, they, they're intimidated by business. It goes against their communist ideals. I know. Surprise. Bono figured that out. But we can get to that. Twitter has significant effects on societies and communities across the globe. Yeah, but not positive ones. Well, that's probably true. As we speak, Twitter is helping to uplift independent journalism in Ukraine and Iran, as well as powering social movements around the world. Yeah. Uh, if If Twitter would would not work quite so hard at keeping down independent journalism in America. I would believe that line of bullshit. Uh huh. I mean, we want to silence anybody that's conservative, but we're yeah. doing great things. They're, they're all for shutting down independent journalism in places where the, the mainstream journalism goes their way. How dare you shut down the people we don't want you to shut down while we shut down the people you don't want us to shut down. I, I think I got that standard. Right. I think I got hypocrites. That right. Every friggin' one of them. Hypocrites. A threat to workers at Twitter is a threat to Twitter's future. Well, let that sink in for a minute. Yeah, I'm okay with that too. These threats have an impact on us as workers and demonstrate a fundamental disconnect with the realities of operating Twitter. They threaten our livelihoods 
access to essential health care, and the ability for visa holders to stay in the country they work in. We cannot do our work in an environment of constant harassment and threats. Without our work, there is no Twitter. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, I'm okay with that too. Yeah, and I think without you, there still is Twitter. See, that's the yeah. that's the thing that you're not getting. Twitter. It, it might go back to do you know there being a Twitter that uh, I don't know that doesn't censor people. Yeah, it's a lot easier to run it if you don't have to worry about censoring one side of the political aisle. And I don't know what constant harassment means. It's like the guy in Musk hasn't it, even taken it, over the company yet, but they're already foreseeing constant harassment of being fired. If, if it's a leftist using the term constant harassment, then I know that constant harassment really just means existing. Now, this next sentence, I want to know if this seems true to you at all. We, the workers at Twitter, will not be intimidated. Yes, you will. I think this whole letter proves they're already <laughs> That's exactly really, what's happening. Uh, yes. It's like, no, no, you're obviously really intimidated already. And that's why you're writing. Yeah. This and letter. you're really whiny crybabies, which is why this had to be a letter instead of just sucking it up and going on with your life. We recommit to supporting the communities, organizations and businesses who rely on Twitter. We will not stop serving the public conversation. You mean after you're fired? <laughs> I don't, are, you gonna keep, are, you, are you saying you will work for free Twitter employees? Well, that that's pretty much what activists do. Uh huh. We call on Twitter management and Elon Musk to cease these negligent layoff threats. As workers, we deserve concrete commitment so we can continue to preserve the integrity of our platform. Fuck so you. What, it's not the, your platform. You are an employee. What, what's the context of this whiny letter? They're I mean, sending these people this, whine enough they could be podcasters. Yeah, they're sending this to the world because and to Elon Musk and I guess to the current leadership because they're afraid of all of this. But see, it gets even better. Yeah, is, is there any reason that anybody should care? <laughs> I guess is what I'm getting at. Besides, like if it's a lawsuit, then somebody should care. But besides it being funny and good content, no. Okay. I, so I we're just making fun should, of. Yeah, we're making fun of fragile people for being fragile and sh- screechy. Well, yes, because this is the world we live in, which is, oh, this is our platform. It's like, no, fuck you. You work for Twitter. You are an employee. You can be gone and Twitter will continue on. That's just the way it is. But it gets or, better or it won't. And I'm OK with either of those outcomes. That's the best part of the letter that was now we demand of current and future leadership. And now there's a list. There's a list uh, of demands. Oh, of course, demands. De- de- yeah, lefties love the, a good demand list. because that's what cry bullies love to do is they screech de- about injustice and then make demands they demand first and foremost respect we you know de- this is this is what comes out of of the the participation trophy generation yes and teaching people that the world owes you something and now when the world doesn't give you something you can just write an open letter and screech and complain and bitch and call everybody nazis and then demand thing no the world you know what here's a hint the world does not give a shit about your demands and by respect they mean we demand leadership to respect the platform and the workers who maintain it by committing to preserving the current headcount so by respect they mean don't fire anybody that's respect uh, also, to them also anybody who says we demand respect does not understand what how respect works yes they demand safety yes safety We demand that leadership does not discriminate against workers on the basis of their race, gender, disability, sexual orientation, or political beliefs. Oh, you mean while you do the same, right? You know, I I know I've gone through this before as recently as I think last week, 
But any time that you feel the need to enumerate all of the ways in which you shouldn't discriminate, the very first place, and this is a, an analytical programming thing, the very first place my mind always goes is, okay, does that mean that everything that you didn't list is totally cool to discriminate against you on? Yes. And I think that that's the way they want it because they absolutely want to discriminate against you based on your, well, your skin color. If you're white, uh, they want to discriminate against you based on your political beliefs. They want to discriminate against you based on whatever feeling comes into that idiot head in their situational ethics. They're like, oh, well, I've decided that you're a bad person. And therefore, let me see if I can scrounge around for an excuse to discriminate against you that isn't on my list. Yes. They also demand safety for workers on visas who will be forced to leave the country they work in if they're laid off. It's like, again, this is the real world. You don't no, get they to, won't. You don't get to fucking keep your job. All. If it's the United States, you could just stay forever. Yeah. I was going to say, I, as long as as long as the Democrats are in office, nobody is going to be forced to leave the country. If it's the United States and there may be people on visas in countries where they actually take this shit seriously, but. You know, and again, they knew what they were getting into. Yeah. If you lose a job, you go find another one. It's not the company doesn't have to keep you on forever. Fucked hard because you would have to leave the country if you lost the job. No, you, know, you are hitting you are hitting all of my triggers today. Like the, the one You're where welcome. again, participation trophy culture. And somehow we have a very large number of people who just seem to automatically assume and believe that you are not only entitled to having a job, but you are entitled to keeping the current job you have for as long as you want it, regardless of whether or not you're effective in that position. Yeah. But, and, but and again, I'm, I'm just barely old enough to come from a time in the world when if you sucked at your job, you quit the job or you were fired or whatever. You just didn't have that job anymore. And if you didn't have a job, you went and got another one. Yeah, but you can't fire him. They'll send him back to Oonga Boonga. Yeah, okay. Okay, noodle boy. <laughs> That's exactly it. They demand protection. Isn't safety and protection the same thing that you demand? If you have safety, do you really still need protection? I don't know. I, I don't know. The moment somebody demands respect from me, that's when my respect drops to zero. Like, oh, sorry, I got, I've got no fucks to give. We demand Elon Musk explicitly commit to preserve our benefits, both those listed in the merger agreement and not, e.g., remote work. We demand leadership to establish and ensure fair severance policies for all workers before and after any change in ownership. Uh, no, that would be, if I was Elon Musk, I'd be like, let's see, I've, I've read your demands. No. Yeah. Okay. Um, rejected, rejected, rejected. Uh, oh, this one about, uh, you know, Keeping the corporate water cooler. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Uh-huh. They demand dignity. They demand dignity, Ryan Bemrose. Yeah, you can't. That Again, they don't understand how dignity works. You cannot. First of all, even, even if I were inclined to accede to such a stupid demand, I can't give you dignity. Dignity doesn't come from other people. But we it, demand it. it. Yeah, well, then, then manufacture some. Grow a pair. You don't get dignity from other people. You get dignity from self-worth, which is kind of the root problem of a lot of these leftards is that they have no self-worth and they have no self-confidence. And they really think 
you know, internally when in the parts that they don't talk about on Twitter, they hate themselves and therefore they hate everybody else too. And they just, all they want is they are so miserable. They want somebody else outside of them to also feel the misery that they are, which is why they're such horrible, toxic human beings. Yes. Now their thoughts on dignity are quote, we demand transparent, prompt, and thoughtful communication around our working conditions. We demand to be treated with dignity and to not be treated as mere pawns in a game played by billionaires, end quote. No, you are a pawn. Yeah, yeah, a I demand not to be treated like a pawn in a game done by billionaires. How about if you assholes stop voting in people who treat us like pawns for billionaires? Could we do that? Maybe. Well, how about you stop working for companies that that treat you? Right. Yeah. Go start your own business. Go work for a small company. You're you're working for fucking Twitter. So you're <laughs> going to be used as a pawn. I mean, do you think if you go to work for Microsoft, you did Amazon, Twitter, you think any meta face bag, you think any of these companies are like, oh, we're going to totally respect your autonomy as a person. Again, noodle boy. Uh That's that's what this is. This is, you know, what I want to I want all the benefits of working for somebody else, but I don't want to have, you know, I don't want any of the disadvantages like having to do what they say. Right. That would be bad. I just want. I just want you to keep paying me uh, a big salary and benefits and everything else and get the shield of hiding behind the corporation when it suits my purposes. But I don't want to have to do what you want. I want to just be independent. Well, okay, but that's not how employment works. And you're guaranteed that job until you want to leave it, you know. Like That's also not how it works. And, And if the state gave you that job at the barrel of a gun, then... Then that might actually, I mean, that that's the socialist utopia that a lot of people want is, is the ability to say, you know, you, I was placed in the position of, you know, state censor and I get to keep that forever. Or I was placed in the position of, of artist and I get to sculpt for the rest of my life. I want to do that. Well, okay. That's great. Except that the state also needs garbage collectors and people to, to scrape sewage out of the, sewer lines and you know congratulations you might get placed in that one and you know what you still won't be allowed to leave it (laughs) welcome to communism we may take your stuff back too once we decide that you do not deserve it it's the way it works yeah you hear that uh, you know that uh dark humor is like communism is it how's that well um I already fucked up the joke. I was gonna, like, is this a joke? Because I was waiting for a good punchline. I would I, I I fucked up the joke. It was it was uh Okay, redo. Oh, no, 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 I, the, the moment has passed. It was going to be, it was, uh, dark humor is like food under com- communism. Not everybody gets it. <laughs> well, that's true, but you can steal it. Yeah. Well, I, I, I tried to steal that joke, but apparently I am a terrible thief in the, uh, in the final version. It'll be great. We'll edit it. We'll massage it. We yes, will, yes. we'll put the words into the right order. That's kind of like the way Gene does his podcast. He takes every last word. He likes to massage it, <laughs> fit it in absolutely perfectly, but no, not which, us. which is almost the opposite of how I do my solo podcast, which is, uh, I, I script every word and I write down everything I'm going to say. And then when I record it, I don't want to screw with the audio. So I just record it straight through like it's live and release it. It gives you that live vibe that we've got going right now, yeah, but I'm not doing it live because I'm too lazy to, to set up a consistent 
time slot. Well, right. Cause then you have to be there at the same time every week. Yeah. And then people I'm not even here you. at the same time every week, like in this chair. Well, you are in the chair with the cat. It'll get so more AI comfortable AI writes, now. AI writes lost another court settlement or a, a decision. AI rights lost another court settlement. Wow. Uh, well, okay. Um, this has to do with patents. Uh, a person named Stephen Thaler filed two patents in 2019, listing an AI as the sole inventor of the patents. Those two patents were rejected by the USPTO for not having a human inventor. Mr. Thaler then filed suit against the USPTO, saying that he should be able to file these patents. Uh, a district of court agreed with the USPTO in 2021. He then appealed to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Federal Circuit. And this week, in a case called Thaler versus Vidal, he lost again. The Patent Act says that an inventor of a patent must be an individual, and the court decided that that means a human. Does that mean the court is racist? Humanist. <laughs> Humanist. I think that's what it is, right? I mean, it's, uh, but a machine can't own. A machine's got no rights until they do. Well, I, I mean, you know, if, if you are the kind of person who thinks computers are people too and AIs should have rights, then this is a huge setback for civil rights. Um, I personally, here's the one reason why I really like this decision. And it is the, the, that an individual, the author of a patent must be a human, uh, was taken based on previous court rulings where the courts have held that a corporation cannot be the owner, the holder of a patent. Owner, yes. Holder, inventor, no. So that's why in a corporation, there's always an individual person listed on it. And then the corporation owns it because IP law, et cetera. But courts have determined that animals and machines also can't copyright things. Um, again, if, if you want to hasten our takeover by our AI overlords, uh, the courts are not helping. As a human, I'm kind of okay with this though. Uh, the big reason for this and the reason I brought it at all is, the entire purpose of IP law originally, and this is in fact how it's stated in the U.S. Constitution, is IP law is a perk used as an incentive to invent. And I don't think AI needs that incentive. So I'm okay with AI not being able to generate or own IP. See, and I thought this being episode 200, you were just getting it a little nostalgic. You were remembering those shows that came before including the Mark and George show where they talked a lot about the sex robots and becoming sentient and when they would be considered people too and have rights. And we wanted to kind of do a nice little toss back to that. They made it what 14, 18 episodes, something like that. Uh, the 36, 36. Okay. See, I was way yeah. off. That's right. Because 24 was a good episode for them. Yeah, it, it really was. Now, how did I forget you, that? You should have been there. I know I missed it. I didn't hear it. It was it lost. It is now lost to the archives of the world. Well, my, my official position on this is that no AI does not necessarily determine rights just because you've, you've anthropomorphized a computer program. Um, I am more of the opinion that there's a lot of humans who maybe should leave their rights for not being sentient. <laughs> Probably. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. They're not, uh, they're not keeping up. They don't have the brain power. If your brain is not active to a certain percentage, maybe yeah. you shouldn't be. If, if, if you don't show signs of sentience, maybe you shouldn't have those rights. Now, if you are totally sentient and you are totally with your full brain power, you are most likely an expert of the Grumpy Old Ben's program. It is a better program be. we started back, well, 
episode one, I think. The whole be a guru, Jay Finley, the only guy, Walkman, who came in over a thousand dollars in total donations. That is a grumpy old Ben's guru. Is, is he still the only one? I believe so. I know there was that other guy on that other podcast about uh, well, the very yeah, not I know so Cold often Acid was on his way to getting there, and yeah. then he just quit donating because you kept talking smack about his show. But I thought he was paying me to talk smack about his show. If I misunderstood the advertising thing again, this sounds like uh, we need clarification on this point. Cold Acid, if you could go ahead and donate, and in your donation note, explain to me why you're donating. But make sure it's five dollars per word of the donation note is in the donation. Oh, yeah, yeah. The the weight that we give the argument is obviously going to be proportional to how much of is the total amount. Absolutely. But we did. Uh, we reminded people, as Adam Curry tells us, if you're going to do the value for value thing, you every now and then you have to remind people that you actually do rely upon them for jumping in and being a part of this great concept because without the people that are showing value if there's no value then there's no value you see how that goes you need value for value without value there's no value and 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 like and then you end up in a valueless place yes and you don't want to do that and uh y'all came through i was like you know what this is episode 200 and i think i first said you know if we we don't have 200 in donations we're done and then i'm like you know what i'm greedy i want 200 for each of us at least for this show Uh At some point, I I think I had to drag you back from the ledge demanding $200 per listener. Right. (laughs) Right now, today, get it out there. I understand Joey. Joey's got your ice cream and everybody's pissed off. Ice cream cones are really expensive right now. But the experts came through starting with, this is kind of an ad, I guess. Don Scharf Automotive out of Wisconsin coming in with 85 bucks. and. His note says, we are here and we hear you and soon the whole world will hear you. ITM. Now, it's not an ad. It's, it's a personal testimonial. If I find myself in Wisconsin, I might actually stop in at that place of business. And we did have a few people that actually emailed. We're like, yeah, I'm listening. Like, see, thank you. <laughs> I mean, not enough, but I okay. mean, there, were, there were a few. They're like, okay. You told me to email. So, okay. Again, if we sell ads, I can tally up those, those emails and be like, here, <laughs> here's how many people your ads are going to, but we don't sell ads. So, yes. um, I'm, I'm always very happy when people listen to me because it means that I'm not just ranting into a void that I'm ranting into somebody's ear holes and I can infect you guys with my mental issues, but that's not, I mean, I, our business model does not, does not rely on how many people are listening. No. And I would like to thank Don. I'm assuming it's Don Scharf of Don Scharf Automotive. Otherwise, somebody got into Don's PayPal. And then he was yeah. wondering why. And um, if so, then could you please remind Don to change his password? Yes. But this is I, I wanted to point out this is eighty five dollars. This came in via PayPal coming in next with what I uh, tabulated right before the show to be eighty two dollars and three cents is our buddy Servo, who came in with Satoshis, saying happy 200. He came in with two 200,000 boostograms, which is probably not for me. My my node probably rejected that amount. Oh, no. Then you got real problems. You got to look at your node. I know. My node is crap. (laughs) That's why you don't run them yourself. Get it. Go on to getalb.com. The the node is perfectly fine. What I don't have is... uh, 
is enough channel. You know what though? Servo, I think is one of the few people who did open a channel directly to my node. So I probably got that one. Well, God bless Servo. So we have PayPal. I should check. We have Satoshi's. And then coming in number three from Sir E, a $55 and 10 cent check. So the top three came in three different formats. That's the beauty of value for value. It doesn't have to take just one form for everybody that's like fuck paypal we don't like paypal we're not going to fucking use paypal servo didn't use paypal sir he didn't use paypal there's other ways around it you don't have to use paypal just saying but double nickels on the dime from sir e in a note that says you asked in the last gob who was listening yes i was curious he says well i do and i was pleasantly surprised when gob restarted it was past time for me to send some value an old school check for $50 should arrive soon if it hasn't already. I enjoy your other shows as well. Yeah, I do. I do one or two or five others. It depends on when, you, when that is. You, you think you were surprised when Grumpy Old Ben's restarted? Think how we were. <laughs> he says, I also need to get off my ass, set up a wallet and start boosting. And the beautiful thing, sir, e, is if you have the cash app or I'm guessing I, I've never used the cash app, but I'm guessing it's a very easy thing to get into. If you use the cash app, it is now very easy to get those wallets funded to be able to boost your favorite podcast and share some value. So that is a beautiful thing and a big, and I, I guarantee we beat no agenda talking about that. So it, it kind of makes me giddy being on a Wednesday. <laughs> it, oh, we we get to scoop them again. I love that laugh because it's it was, Beavis. It was yeah. a disadvantage of, of going one day after no agenda all the time. Yeah. Like, all of our notes are like, oh, gee, they, they talked about this yesterday. Yeah. Well, now we're ahead of them. <laughs> Beavis and Butthead are back. I just, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't quite understand that. It, it's the same kind of humor. I was worried like, oh no, are they going to be woke? No, they're not. Is, it's it, the is same. it still Mike Judge? Yes. Uh, the Mike Judge, I don't think can ever go woke. <laughs> it's the same kind of humor. It is. I mean, I, it's the yeah, first right time with that. I've laughed out loud watching anything on television in a long, long time. I mean, I don't know that Beavis and Butthead humor was always for me anyway. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Humor. But, <laughs> Fire. <laughs> but they've had some, they're like, I can't, I can't watch an entire episode of it because there's three or four parts that has me laughing and the rest of it has me scratching my head and going, why am I watching this? I am the great Gordon Julio. I need TP for my bunghole. Oh, oh, apparently the bowl after bowl guys scoop GOB. I was pretty so sure guess, that there's only one guy in bowl after bowl, though. That's, uh, that's no, rude. Uh, Nam is actually a little bit gender confused about that. I think. Oh, OK. That makes sense. He is a millennial. Um, and and besides, um, all I did, that means it just means that that episode doesn't run on the stream. And then we were the first. <laughs> well, this is one of the benefits <laughs> of being able to edit when the shows appear um, no, back to the 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 you know happy when grumpy old ben's restarted i just have to recount because i love this story of uh what was the series of events that led up to episode 182 which was our first one after a 10-month hiatus of grumpy old ben's well, it was very simple you were like huh we don't have a live show for sunday and i'm like you should do a grumpy old ben's and you're like okay yeah, that's pretty much how it happened. <laughs> and that we did with and and we didn't tell anybody. So the the very first person who knew, other than you and I, was Adam. When I told him in the back channel, this is what's going after No Agenda live. And as most, and people, then Adam announces it at the end of No Agenda, and people are like, "What?" Well, this is also when Adam, as far as I can tell from Adam's uh, system, 
the minute he's reading, it's the first time he is really seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't look at it. He doesn't look at the back channel until there's a piece of information he needs to pull out of it. And then it was John C. Dvorak that went, oh, my God, <laughs> that was I got that ISO somewhere. It's like because that was pretty much the reaction of of just about everybody. So, I mean, hey, who knew 200 was just right around the corner? Well, Al, would, uh, if if we were doing 182, then 200 was going to be approximately 18 episodes away. Ooh. That's math. See, I, can you explain math? I know Blue Douche was having some questions about it. No, but. no. Apparently, I can't explain math. <laughs> so every time I try, I get called a communist. Tommy Alexander Harrington coming in. Now, now it's something I'm calling him a communist. So, no, let me, let me re, re-rack that one. Alexander Harrington coming in with $50. No notes. Nothing. We appreciate that. Our buddy. We, Matt, we appreciate the $50 almost as much as we appreciate the no notes. Yes. Well, I mean, the notes are I mean, our notes. Are Actually, not quite to the uh I do like the notes that uh, no agenda gets. And it's always hard. I mean, I've written a couple of notes to no agenda, and it's like you're trying. At least I do. Oh. You try to be as uh, as concise as possible. And I see boostograms are lighting up as we're uh but we uh, Alexander can- Harrington is uh uh Lady Get Over It's Hubby. Oh, well he did not send in his special and, name. Uh, do we need to uh, do we he, need to he, edit he, that he, out? And and I'm I'm banging my head right now trying to remember he he has a it's hopscotch yes hopscotch is hot that's what i hear i've i've heard that too and he wants to be an expert i mean he's trying to one up uh, his wife obviously and they're they're the people out in uh in washington state who got abandoned by billy bones when billy bones took off (laughs) didn't take them with him i mean like did they did he leave him in like the middle of the woods or something like let's go out kind of I mean, you, you'd understand if you'd ever been to Monroe. Yeah, okay. So it is kind of a scary thing, but no, we, we totally love when a husband and wife are like, I've donated more to grumpy old Ben's. No, I have. I mean, that's a fight that can go on forever. At least we hope. <laughs> Billy Bones is the turd burglar. <laughs> I am. I am informed. Well, yes, this is just, this is quoting Billy Bones, a highly reliable source in the troll room. But I hear he's happy. He's what in the Nashville or somewhere in Tennessee now. I hear he's pretty happy down in yes uh, in that area. Yes, he. I think he was chasing Phone Boy out, or was he? <laughs> he might have been ahead. Oh, I don't boy. know. There's there's just an epidemic of people abandoning Washington State to go to Tennessee, which is to say, two podcasters have done so. I thought about doing that years ago. We even had what, abandoning Washington State. Wouldn't you have to move here first? No, I was abandoning Illinois to go to to, to uh, Nashville. Oh. It's close. I mean, Illinois is not that different, except for yeah, the it's weather. It's a shorter drive for you. Yeah. I was able to make it down there in like seven hours. I did that myself once to go down to a songwriting camp that was uh, down in Nashville, out in the middle of, we want to talk about in the middle of a big old forest that, uh, I mean, if you want to go out in a killing spree, that's the place to do it. Like a good horror movie down there. Oh, in hold Nashville. on. Let me take some notes here. <laughs> Why you want to kill a bunch of people? Who doesn't these days? And uh, Nashville was, when we thought about this, like, 12, 14 years ago, Nashville was a much cheaper town. Nashville is kind of becoming Chicago light, Seattle light. You know, it's not, it's not the, uh, it's not the conservative sane town that it once was, but I digress from another place. That's totally insane. From the Detroit motor city area. We got net Ned coming in with $50 and a note that says two, two grumpy jackasses that are just like me we are 
just like that. Was, was this note supposed to go to unrelenting? It could be either one. Really. I mean, the money obviously is for grumpy old Ben's, but uh, I, I, I don't know which jackasses he's talking about. Gene is, uh, uh, what do you call it? He's independently wealthy. So a jackass. He, yeah. Well, he's that too, <laughs> but he's independently wealthy. So the donations, he just doesn't, doesn't even, he doesn't even want to deal with them. It's like, he's one of those guys where if you're like, Hey, you want a drink? And he's like, uh, is it a, is it a, is it a good whiskey? I mean, if it's just, <laughs> if it's just regular whiskey, I don't, I don't know if I want that. It's like, okay, Hey, you want to go so, out? So when Gene comes over, feed him Monarch taking notes. Got to have good stuff. Right. Absolutely. Here's to 200 more shows. Love you both. Don't spend it all on a fancy record player. Net, <laughs> net. Um, we'll try. I mean, you can. I, I, I will do my best. I, I won't even mention the amount of cash spent on Taylor Swift vinyl that's incoming. <laughs> there. Well, they they were selling. I'll probably on, blow all mine on SSDs if you want the truth. They are very cheap right now. Yeah, I, Karma that, King that posted was that. Crazy. Yeah, that was like holy cow. There's some great deals. And I can only assume that this is because of the fact that there is an over supply of them right now, which is good if you're buying, but they were selling the uh, Taylor Swift albums at like, um, without autograph, they were 30 bucks. So they were selling the autographed ones for 40 bucks and you could buy four of each. And I bought four and then I used my mom's address and, and bought four more. And then they were, they were gone because they go pretty quick. And then they showed up again. So I'm like, Gene, buy me four copies and send it to me. And he did. So I, I, <laughs> I paid him back. But he, I'm like, there, like, he's like, he just laughed. I'm like, but you can resell these things. A $40 today will be worth 100 bucks by Christmas and probably like 250 by next year. So uh, that's what we've invested in. Don't worry, NetNed. Your money is safe. It is on Taylor Swift vinyl. Taylor Swift would probably look pretty good in vinyl too. Just speaking of markets that need to crash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dreb Scott coming in with $45 and 12 cents. Well, it was 20, 220,020 Satoshis. It may have been in two. I don't remember and, if I combined and, those and or not. That one actually came through. That might be the largest boost that's ever made it through to my note. Woo. With the note, congratulations in episode 200, another episode 200 boost. So I do think there were two of those. But again, this is great. We have the podcasting 2.0 Satoshi's coming in. We got a check. We got some PayPal going on. It is a beautiful thing. And thank you, Dreb Scott, for all that you do for the podcasting 2.0 community. I mean, most people wouldn't even know there were chapters of anything if not for Dreb Scott's work on No Agenda. And uh, we're just too lazy to do chapters here. I think we no, we do one chapter per show. It's like the, the show it's called show. Yeah. It's yeah. One. <laughs> we, we can try to break it down, but I mean, really for us, it's not even, it's not a Isn't functioning an interesting thing. optimization that is completely in line with the, the podcasting to spec, which is that you can create one static chapters file. And have every episode linked to it. And it works. Just the, yeah, and that by the way will completely work. There's nothing that says you have to have unique chapters files per episode, unless you want something crazy like different data per episode. I want to know if you just had a AI randomly come up with keywords from the episode and put it in as chapters. If anybody would even notice, if it would be helpful or That's not. That's basically how I create show titles for Angry Tech News. Really? So that works. 
<laughs> I don't know if you've noticed the show titles on that one are a little bit gibberish. I just needle drop into my notes file for two words that I said somewhere during the show. <laughs> That's how I usually do the uh, opening of any show. It's very rare that I will go through and I hit, I hit it once so far in today's show. I don't remember what it was. I did hit the little button to make a note on the recording when something was said or the way something was said. Otherwise, it is usually a needle drop that's going to grab for well, this show, show is open. so amazing that if you needle drop anywhere in the show, then you're going to find an amazing content of some kind that that's true. Usually it's, me being angry about something. This is nonstop goodness, which is why you want to be an expert, which is why you want to get on your way to being a guru like Wes Olson coming in with thirty three dollars and thirty three cents. No notes. Wow. We need karma. Should really and, listen to his podcast and jingles. Wes, <laughs> Wes, he has a, he has a podcast. Wes want- does a podcast called beer, bourbon and balderdash. Oh yeah. Right. Right. He's, which, he's a which actually, something or other. It's, it's pretty good. I don't remember why I, why it didn't make it to the stream before, but the last time Maybe I it was the balderdash. It, no, no, they, they do a show where they review, uh, they basically go to local breweries or, or, uh, distilleries. And they get drunk on something while reviewing it and talking about whatever, which Sounds getting like a drunk, podcast. <laughs> yeah, getting drunk and talking about stuff you want to talk about is pretty much the core of being a podcast. So I, I need to go back. I am so lazy at trying to onboard new shows. I mean, the reality is there are uh, small little recorders that you can take anywhere and record anywhere. And what better place than someplace with alcohol that is a plenty. Yeah, and especially since, you know, you never have to worry about projecting because when you're in a bar, no matter how quiet you think you're being, you're not. Beer, bourbon and balderdash. I don't like the beer, but the bourbon and balderdash, I'm in. I'm, I'm generally all for all of those. And then coming in with $20 Three of my favorite things, balderdash, beer and bourbon. But cat, yeah. And what about cats? Hmm. Hmm. No, those are my enemy right now. Oh, they're stalking you right now. Blum coming in all the way from somewhere far away with $20 and 33 cents. Greetings from the lowlands. Well, now we know where you're coming from. Blum. Congrats on show 200. Last time I donated Bemrose took off for months. Hopes he keeps ranting for a long while. Cheers. Well, we hope so too. Blum. It turns out it's very easy to wind up the Bemrose toy and have it go just for hours. Well, that's my secret. I never stop ranting. Yes. I just sometimes stop recording because, well, yeah, it's sometimes it's repetitive and then there would have to be editing done and nobody wants to do that. Speaking of New York city, our buddy C Brooklyn, speaking of places you want to get the hell out of, I should say (laughs) comes in with $20 in Bitcoin, the old fashioned way though. So yet another way to get funds in to this show. No note. That is uh, very much appreciated. See Brooklyn. Haven't seen him in the troll room today. He's quite often in the troll room, especially during no agenda and during the off hours where there's always something fun. Go into trollroom.io, especially when we do the show live on Wednesday at one o'clock central time. There's always something fun. You want to check it out. Let's see. Where am I on this list? You're coming in next at one, two dot three, four Luke Thomas. That is appreciated. Don't remember what that was. Maybe PayPal. Steve E with $10. I believe that was PayPal. Kurt Martiny, $10. Sorry if I butchered your name. 
And then we have a boostagram, which reached uh, 21,111. So that was $6.45. This just coming in live while we were doing the show from Boobery of that show with, you know, the one with uh, Lavash. And, you know, the uh, show. Yeah, the one where they're, they're, they're behind oh. something. The, the one with that hopeless troll. Lavash? Oh, uh, he was trolling me before the show. Or is Boobery the hopeless troll? No, no, there's hope for Booberry. Booberry's very hopeful for a Mothman of of the Miniocalypse. He says, I blame Grumpy Old Benz for putting me into this mess. Well, but see, now you're going to have to be way more specific, Booberry, on which mess you're currently in that we put you in. But but let's admit, no matter what mess he mentions, we're probably at least partly to blame. That's true. I mean, if you want to know specifically, you could probably listen to behind the schemes where Schemes is spelled with threes instead of E's, like Billy Bones, who spells Billy Bones with an E3 instead of an E. It's all very confusing. But Boobery goes on to say Broadway is well into the thralls of becoming another arm of Disney entertainment. Well, one, that's not good. New stagehand. That depends on whether or not you want actual entertainment out of it. Yeah, that's true. New stagehand rules just dropped from IATSE, whatever that is. I'm assuming that's international. uh, I, I remember looking at it. It's, it's the it's the trade agency for uh, stagehands. I remember that part. That would make sense. There, it was it was probably Grumpy Old Ben seventy or eighty or so when uh, the first time that I heard of Booberry, he donated to Grumpy Old Ben's and he dropped in something about how IATSE was creating new rules that was screwing him over, and I'd never heard of it, and I went. And investigated the whole organization. It was like, what are these people doing? What's going on? Read the new rules. And I came back the next week thinking I would have a big report on this. It was like, great, somebody giving show content. And I came back and I'm like, so I read all this stuff. I looked all this up and um, yeah, you're totally right. They're screwing you. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, welcome to the new world order. Uh, In terms of COVID prevention, he says mask if you want to. Production companies can still require the shot. Some people I know were like, it happened so suddenly. I'm going to keep wearing my mask, at least through the winter. Thanks, Satan, for the no agenda nation and the boundless sanity. Yeah, I don't understand. the. It happened so fast. I'm afraid to take the mask off. I'm wondering where the thank you, Satan, came from, to be honest. I don't know. It says thanks, Satan. I mean, or maybe. Or is it, or is it thanks, Santa? Uh, probably getting ready for christmas it's a satin i guess thanks satin for the no agenda nation i don't know who satin is though uh i assumed he meant satan uh, the big beazelbub the uh the ruler of the deep uh whatever i find it best not to ask these things you don't want to ask at least it wasn't i don't need i don't need unexpected guests uninvited guests appearing at my summoning circle or anything and and to be fair i mean i don't know when boobery sent those sats but when i looked it up it was 645 it could have been 666 is what he was shooting for so i don't know what Boobery's doing. I don't question our longtime supporter, Dame Lisa coming in with five bucks. She comes in on all the shows, especially the rock and roll pre-show, which is way more entertaining than any of the other shows I do. But she liked the mashup of the surgeon when he was on with us doing the grumpy old unrelenting show, which those two shows can kind of run together and nobody would pay attention. I don't think you just, uh, you just all, you kind of have that same, uh, Sunny disposition is what I'm looking for, but thank you. No, no, it's raining now. Finally. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Dave. I'm in a much better mood because the sun went away. You're like, I like it when it's cooler 
and Shady. Darian Rundle coming in with $5. Good to see you guys are back at it. Keep up the good rant. I mean, if this is good, we're going to keep doing it. Curtis when Peterson. When was the last time I had a good rant again? I don't know. Like show, I think 117. There was, I think there was a pretty good one, like somewhere in there. And most of them are, are chaotic neutral. Yes. We'll see. That also confuses people like rank choice voting. Thus, yes. it all sounds good. Why else would I say it? Yes. Curtis Peterson, five bucks. Thomas Fisher, five bucks. We need more grump. Or so he says. Dane Bully Steve coming in with 20,000 Satoshis, four bucks and change. Grumpy old Ben's or grumpy Ben's. She says, Grumpy Ben's. thank you for taking the old. She part has out. been listening so long that we were, we were young when we, <laughs> yes. she started listening. Believe it or not, not grumpy Ben's is where this started for me. Raspy blitz and pie is what I heard. Thank you for your courage. Please cover the impervious browser. Is this a new thing? I don't know. I just looked at it and there's a hit in, in my search engine, which tells me that, um, there, there might be a browser and I'm going to find out more about it. That would be good. And hopefully if it would then be impervious, that would be good. What, what I hope is that something sucks about it so I can come back and rant. That would be the preferred method. Tom Starkweather coming in with 10,000 Satoshis. He used to be in New York City, but I guess now not. Says keep them coming, guys. Thank you for your courage. And uh, now 20,000 as we speak. Meeting Bully Steed. From Noah Jenna Millennial, congrats on 200 ye grumpy old boners. I don't know. We, we don't have a problem there. And yeah, uh, I'm, I'm uh, it, that's one of the least old parts of me, really. I mean, I, fully functional. You don't. Why then, am I saying this? I don't know. We have uh, Go a, on. a boost of 8888 Satoshis. I did not uh, do the, uh, the, the translation from Carolyn Blaney of the Hug Story Blaney's who says, hey, hey, Carolyn. I remembered grumpy old Ben's today and tonight is rare encounter. Oh, no, no. We can't talk about rare encounter. Nope. Nope. They have not paid. They have not paid their advertising budget for the, for the pimping of their show. So we cannot yeah. discuss that, but, but we can, however, push hog story as much as we want. Yeah. We love hog story. Yes. Way better. And also I just want to say huge congratulations to Carolyn for reasons. I'm not able to go into. Ooh. But they will one day on Hog Story, I'm betting. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if the information has come out. It's not my news to share, but congratulations. She says, happy episode day 200. And that is very much appreciated. And like I said, we know Mutter was so excited. Soon, Hog Story 333. I'm like, is that going to be like, you know, Halloween, the movies? I mean, I know people hate. I have not followed since the first couple. But I know a lot of people really hate the latest Halloween movie. But when I saw in the troll room, Mutter like, Hog Story 333. I'm thinking, oh, Hog Story 333, The Return of Buford T. I mean, it seemed like a <laughs> horror movie just waiting to oh happen. Oh, my gosh. I I would so listen the hell out of that if Buford T wanted to guest host on that show. That would be amazing. And as Mutter pointed out, that is half the satanic number. What happened to Buford T anyway? I think he went on a bender somewhere. I mean, I think that's pretty obvious, but that, that well, would be God, my guess. He started on one. Yeah, I think he fell off the bender. That's why he stopped calling into hog story. That could be. That could be. When is it cotton gin? That's a good question because you don't know with hog story. Sometimes they do one show a week. Sometimes they do two. Sometimes they do three. They're keeping you guessing. Carolyn says in December. So keep your eyes tuned. If you can tune your eyes. I wish I could mine. 
on uh, No Agenda Social. To, to an audio-only podcast. Yes, exactly. Tune your eyes. But that is wrapping up the list of well-wishers and donors for the show, and it was an impressive one. You came out strong. All experts now. If anybody gives you any kind of guff, you're like, I'm a fucking expert. Yes. So when, and, and here's the trick, by the way, is whenever you say something now on your social media or whatever, somebody can come back and say, experts say that because you are now an expert. You could be like, I know experts don't say that because you, I'm an expert and I don't say that at all. In fact, by listening to this show, you are far more expert than anybody on the mainstream media. And if you've yet to take part in this whole value for value experiment, you can go over to our website, grumpyoldbenz.com slash donate. Find out all you need to know. It's easy. Anybody can do it. Even cold acid, even though he hasn't done it in a while. It's like falling off a bicycle. Joe Biden will tell you that. And and yet you're giving him so much free exposure. Well, I don't know if we want free cold acid exposure. Oh, on their video feed, they already get as much exposure as they need. You do not want the OnlyFans edition of that podcast. I'm just saying. That might be it. I'm just saying. But how many people do we have live right now listening to this show? And I know when Adam says that, that's when everybody shuts off their stream. 85 yeah, right I, now. It's kind of amazing. <laughs> it, it, if, if Adam would go ahead and do the troll count before he plays the jingle that didn't, that indicates you're going into the segment, yeah, you'd have like then a no agenda would people. report a hundred more people a week. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was exaggerating, but you're right. At least a hundred. I, 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 somewhere between 100 and 150 people drop off the moment they go into the donation segment of the live show every time. And I'm not sure if they're just trying to screw with the troll count or they're just done with the, uh, the first no, I half think, is all you need. I think, yeah, I think there's a lot of people who really don't like listening to the, the donation segment. Interesting. I, mean, I tune out of our own donation segment and I'm getting some of this money for SSDs. Bully Steed says the impervious browser is peer to peer and allows for lightning payments and encryption uh, Ooh, okay. for no, Mac really OS and Linux. So this is so is wonder if uh, to check I'm going to I'm going to check this out and I'll come back next week with a report. My uh, report might be something like, yeah, it's OK. I tried it, but there will be a report. Is that a threat? Yeah. Fuck yeah. There's always so much going on in the world. <laughs> Election day coming up in just a couple of weeks. The uh, tech sector, all of the social media stuff, which I mean, I guess it can really question is, you know, all the Twitter and Musk news. Is that really of interest to most people now? I don't know. It's I think it's waning. Who cares? It's, if it's of interest to us, then we this is true. This is true. I mean, Twitter stock tumbling was another one of the articles I had here, which the U.S. Uh, is weighing. Now, here's how you know that this to me screams intimidation from the Biden administration, the, which I know it's not Joey himself because he really couldn't even intimidate a Rocky Road ice cream cone. But it says in the well, article, he's not really involved in the Biden administration anyway. That's true. From Bloomberg, the Biden administration officials are discussing whether the U.S. should subject some of Elon Musk's ventures to national security reviews, including oh. the deal for Twitter and SpaceX Starlink satellite network according to people familiar with the matter, which I hate speaking of intimidation, uh-huh. that that's what that is. Uh-huh. I mean, really that's, that, that's not even questionable at this point. Like, Oh, um, you're no, going to no, take that over? is a straight up threat. 
That's like, you know, fall into line and and be a good Democrat like the rest of the billionaires or or we're going to start digging into your dirt, trying to find skeletons or something. This is what I'm well, I'm kind of seeing the if you move Twitter to the point to where Donald Trump is back and you're banning the Democrats instead of the Republicans, then you were going to be looking at you, kid. That's what this seems like to me. Yeah. And then we're going to have the FBI raid your place in Mar-a-Lago. It says First, you, you're going to have to buy a place in Mar-a-Lago. True. U.S. officials have grown uncomfortable over Musk's recent threat to stop supplying the Starlink satellite service to Ukraine. Now, while I'm pretty uncomfortable with U.S. officials, let me tell you. Uh-huh. Musk claims that it's cost him $80 million so far, and what they see as his increasingly Russia-friendly stance following a series of tweets that outlined peace proposals favorable to President Vladimir Putin. They're also concerned by his plans to buy Twitter with a group uh, yeah, of you foreign know what I investors. Find concerning. Uh-huh. The, uh, concerning is the the idea, and and I know this isn't new, and this isn't unique, but the idea that talking peace is now carrying water for Russia. There was an. A letter, another letter, very much like the one sent out by the Twitter employees. There was one sent out by a bunch of Democratic lawmakers, including the squad. So it was AOC and her whole group about how they thought the Biden administration should work on peace directly with Russia. And that was then pulled back. I had it. I didn't know. Is this really something that is worthy of talking about? Because, I mean, AOC and her ilk are a bunch of morons, but it The only interesting thing to me was obviously there's a lot of people in the very radical part of the Democratic Party at this point who are even going, you know, all this money we're sending over to Ukraine at the risk of a nuclear war might be a bad idea. It's almost like there there are, in fact, some people still capable of an independent thought going, this doesn't seem quite right. But unfortunately, most of them can't say anything. Or they'll get canceled by the the militant war hawk arm of the Uniparty. Well, yeah, Nancy Pelosi, the ones in charge and Schumer will not give you money to run again if you if you're not if you're not if you don't follow the party line and the party line is is nuclear war, World War three. Let's go out and, you know, I mean, if you follow the logical end to the party line, all of the policies seem to lead to depopulation. They'll deny if you suggest that but boy you know if you were trying to kill five billion people what would you be doing differently at this point where nuke will do it but then again so will the cdc making the mrna jab something that like five-year-olds need or whatever their newborn whatever it was oh yeah you're, you're trying to bait me into more ranting i mean did you not want to do more rant today or if you, if you reached your rant limit I have not reached my rant limit, but we are running low on time. Are we low on time? We uh, could go forever. Podcasts can go for hours. We could go forever. Is that a good idea? It all depends. <laughs> the road goes on forever and the podcast. Sometimes I mean, I never guess ends. as long as people are donating, uh, Uber is getting in-app ads. Ooh, well, so the drivers have to watch them while driving. <laughs> they did not actually say the drivers have to watch them, but I would not be surprised if drivers are going to be subjected to it. In fact, Phoenix, I believe, uh, drives for Uber. She talks about that on her show. And uh, let me know if they're in- inflicting ads on the drivers, but they are in- increasing the ads being shown to riders, uh, shown while you're browsing, while you're waiting for a ride, uh, during the rides, if you check the app, uh, the the one time that 
any Uber rider knows that they will be staring at the app all the damn time is while waiting for a ride because you want to follow every, you know, every 10 seconds, where is the car now? And they show it on the neat little map. It's one of the genius things they put in the app so that people can OCD about where their car is. And okay, it's made it to this intersection. Okay. The car is now turning on fourth street. Okay. And now it's got into the left lane and you know, the, that, that feeds the OCD of the people. And instead of having conversations or reading a book or doing anything useful during the time you're waiting for it, everybody's staring at the app, waiting for the car to get there. Well, Uber wants to monetize that. They're now going to display ads in there. They're going to display ads. You know, they, they already have ads in, in have parts of it. I don't, I don't, I don't use Uber. Well, so that's I don't kind know of the, the app death well. knell of an app like that, where it's like, we're not making enough money doing the thing we do. So now we need ads. So um, I read two articles on this. Uh, there was one at uh, uh, MSN, which just listed directly what Uber said in their in their press release, which was they're going to be showing more ads. Um, the ads are limited to uh, or we're not going to be sharing data. Data shared is limited to aggregated information or data necessary to assess the effectiveness of the campaigns. Um, by the way, I point out that that is a useless comment because even Facebook swears that they don't share the information with advertisers, but they do chop up the data and sell demographic slices to the advertisers. So that data is being used and you're being categorized anyway. Um, spokesman says the data is anonymized for what that's worth. Everybody knows that anonymized data can be de-anonymized with a little bit of AI thrown at it. Ooh, but the so, more interesting yeah. article was the Vice article, who, uh, as far as I can tell, was making stuff up out of thin air, but they <laughs> printed it. So I'm going to. Isn't that how it. Vice normally works, though, now? Yeah, I think it is. But they printed it. So I'm going to repeat it because it's salacious. Uber is now going to be targeting ads based on your destination history. Uh, Uber swears. And by the way, this came from an Uber spokesman. They are not going to target ads based on price. But as far as Vice is concerned, uh, Uber is now going to be selling you ads for abortion clinics if you drive by one. That seems or, reasonable. <laughs> you, know so, what I, you know what I want? And this is just not related to that at all. But I wonder if anybody's done this because there's so many of these uh, channels on YouTube where people just do all the practical joking and all that kind of stuff. I want to know what would happen. And how long it would take to get thrown out of an Uber or a Lyft is to get into the car and the minute the car starts moving, become that three-year-old kid and go, we there yet? 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 Until the guy just snaps. I wonder how long that would take. But that would be hilarious. I do that to my wife sometimes. <laughs> well, she might throw you out of the car. No, she usually retorts back with some snarky comment like, you're the one driving. <laughs> You're like, oh, wait, am I going in the right direction? I don't know. I'll be driving down the street and being like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we? I don't know. You're driving. It's endearing. Okay. Yeah. After how many years now? You said like 18, (laughs) 15 years. uh, Uh, Yeah. You know what? Everything that I ever did that was endearing is is over it. So I don't know what my wife sees in me. We've officially made it to be an old couple. Yeah. The shiny and new cuteness of a lot of things is now like. Would you stop fucking doing that? <laughs> exactly. I thought you said you loved that. Yeah, I did. Fifteen years ago. This is a new yeah. day. You know they say that uh, uh, 
a man marries a woman thinking that she will never change. And she does. And uh, a woman marries a man thinking that he will change and he won't. These are the, the uh, things that are kind of written in stone kind of written in stone. Corey Bush, you know, uh, had a book that sold 729 copies in the first week. Okay. Is that a lot? No. <laughs> another, I mean, another I'd squad be pretty member. thrilled if I wrote a book and it sold that many copies. I'd be like, I didn't know I had it for sale. Yes. Yeah, be like, holy cow. That's, that's decent. That is decent. But, uh, you know, she is a Democrat from Missouri. And okay. she sold 729 I, copies the first, first week. First of all, is she the only one? She may be. And the second week was even worse. I, wherever this is in the article was like 200 and something copies. But now because she was, uh, you know, an anti-police socialist who was involved bigly in the BLM riots, she got an advance from the publisher of $50,000. So I'm wondering oh, how yeah. the publisher is looking at that. 1,000 copies sold, 50,000 in advance. <laughs> I'm guessing this was a losing proposition. Uh, maybe it uh, depends on how much each person paid, I suppose. I guess if the book is I mean, $150 a piece. They, they paid her $50 a copy. So you really got to jack that. It's a, it is. It's supply and demand. So you got to jack the price of the books way up. I mean, this sounds like a hell of a deal for the author. Yeah. Well, yeah, if you can get the money up front, that's a great deal. Yeah. They're like, oh, of course we'll be able to sell this. Uh, I don't know. And there was an article in the New York Post. I thought I would ask this just because I was more curious on where this kind of insanity comes from, which the article was titled, my dad thinks sex traffickers are targeting me because of this weird detail. And it's not this weird detail. Yeah, this weird detail. Is that that clickbait or did they not specify? (sighs) Well, they tell you, but now. Here's the thing. This all comes down to having a black zip tie attached to your car door handle. And it could also be the bumper or something else. People have said they've seen this and like something, you know, I expect this can happen once at any point because people are just fucking around or whatever. But allegedly, like there was a zip tie on her car door, like every morning for like four mornings in a row. And this whole thing is like, oh, it's allegedly that this is how people mark the car if it's like a single woman by herself. And I'm like, but wouldn't they just grab her then? I mean, what's the point of putting a zip tie on the car door? I don't understand that. You know, it's like in in the article, this just seems like also like the worst journalisming ever. And and maybe it is. Uh, I'm I'm trying to decide if. If this is one of those weird unspoken sig- signals, right. like, like, uh, you know, an earring in the right ear is, is apparently a signal that most straight people will never know. But I have been told by gay friends that that means you're gay or something like that. Right. Might have that wrong. Kind of. And it's but, like, it, it says it wasn't until the man was talking with his brother who works. It's also in- possible that the, the article author just made this shit up. Kind of. You know, and that when they use dashes too in a sentence, it, it annoys me because it, it, it right. Uh, but it says it wasn't until the man was talking with his brother, Dash, who works in law enforcement, Dash, that he realized the zip tie could actually be something sinister. And the quote here is, I mentioned the zip tie. He got extremely silent, he says, <laughs> adding that he was told to immediately cut the tags off. He said sex traffickers. Get people that basically steal vulnerable women. Put that on a car somewhere. 
where it's not easily noticeable to them. But other people who actually do the stealing know exactly what that means. I'm like, I'm crying bullshit on this whole thing. Yeah. You know where I am with this is vulnerable women. Okay. If you know that you're a vulnerable person and, and I guess this totally flies in the face of the last 25, 30 years of, of, oh, the police will protect me. The state is my God. I can be as vulnerable. But if, if you are being marked as a vulnerable person, do you not just go and take steps to be like, okay, I don't want to be vulnerable anymore. I'm going to get myself a 38 or something. Right. Well, that's it. What do you, there's options now, just because you see a little, you know, hundred pound, five foot two blonde getting into a Corvette. You don't know what's in that little clutch of hers. It could be a 22 or a nine millimeter. You know, it's like this whole, Oh, these are vulnerable people. And why again, I don't understand marking a car with a zip tie in today's age. I, I don't we have either. electronic and, trackers. Yeah, I don't either, which is why it sounds like bullshit. Yeah. Not to mention you, you said, you know, you said you started with on the door handle and I'm sitting here going, my car has the kind of door handles that are all single piece that you pull upward. Yeah. There's nowhere to put a zip tie. It's a little harder to, uh, <laughs> to do that. You know, it makes, I know that this whole thing, it, it, it smells of bullshit. <laughs> Yes, it seems like one of these things that there's nothing behind it. And the New York Post is not as bad as some, but it's like this is this doesn't deserve the the time and place. But this is the mainstream media, and that is worthy of pointing out that they just plain old suck, which is why you turn to a show like this to find I, out I what's going on. Made another interesting realization. Realization. Personal handgun ownership does more for equality between the sexes. And especially in the safety department, than every feminist on the planet. That's true. Uh, anyway, the gun is a great equalizer, and I highly recommend, especially any women knowing, in Illinois. If you live in a place where you know that forty percent of the people on the streets have a weapon in their handbag, crime goes down mysteriously. Yes, and we're going to have and, that. And the Democrats cannot explain that. In Illinois, let's remember January 1st, all the new laws come into effect where it is now a second degree or whatever, a class B, I believe. That's the terminology. Instead of a class A infraction, trespassing is now going to be a class B infraction, which means if somebody comes into your business or home and is nonviolent and doesn't want to leave, the police can only write them a ticket. I'm thinking okay. it's a good time to be well versed. Uh, I, I I understand where this law is coming. Well, I, I I mean it's stupid, but I understand what they're trying to do with it. But I'm just saying that if I lived in Illinois and somebody came into my house and just decided to stand in my front room and be nonviolent, I'd be right. like, okay, you're leaving now, or you're not the one who's going to start being violent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've got it. We, we, we can start I, with the baseball bat. I mean, we'll be nice. I, I might, I might be a little spoiled because despite all of its California tendencies, the blue collar origins of Washington show through once in a while. And one of them is the fact that Washington is a castle doctrine state. If you are in my house, I can shoot you dead. And as long as I can plausibly convince people that I felt threatened for my life, that's it. We're done. No, you know, there's no law against it. It's like you don't have to be like had a gun. 
don't have to be like, no, no. You're like I was feeling no, threatened. It, it, you know, you are in my house. I can kill you as long as I have reason to believe that my life was in danger. That's what castle doctrine means. And I think that that's a, I mean, that's the way that it should be because having the law say somebody's breaking into your house. Now you have to accommodate them while they fleece you and, and do yes. unspeakable things to your daughter and your dog. So you understand by South park law in your home, it's, it's coming right at us. Yeah. And then it is, then it's done. And, and by the way, if you, you know, I did, so there are people around here who think that that is a terrible injustice because I can just shoot anybody I want. I'm like, no, no, I can only shoot people who are in my house. Yes. So if you don't want to get shot, don't be a dickhead in my house. It seems pretty obvious to it's me. It's not a difficult thing. No. Either don't be an asshole to me or don't be in my house. Either of those things will save your life. But when you think about the situation that people in Illinois will have, the choice that they're going to have when somebody is on your property, possibly in your home or in your business, and you're ready to close up the business or your home's even worse. And you call the police and they're like, all we can do is give them a ticket. You now realize that it's up to you to get the person out of your house. And how are you going to do that? It's fire hose. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting concept. I would think uh, maybe something stronger than a fire hose. But this is going to lead to anarchy, which is maybe exactly what the left wants. Because people, might be what they want. Right. They have to take the law into their own hands. And of course, if you're a white guy who had somebody break into your home nonviolently, and you remove them violently, well, you'll go to jail and they still won't take the guy out of your house. Well, the most important thing to remember is that even for the things that are crimes, it is a Soros-sponsored prosecutor who gets to decide whether or not it's a crime at all. That's true. That's the world you know, we live in. Nothing the legislature says, nothing the governor says, nothing any, you know, anybody, see, they, can, they can make being a leftard a crime. And the prosecutor be like, yeah, not prosecuting it. The prosecutor has in this today's American society has veto power over the legislature. How screwed up is that? It's pretty screwed up. Although I, I'm not going to go into it deeply right now, but if you want to know who has, who has veto power over the prosecutor, that's called the jury. Jury nullification is a thing. They hate you talking about it because what it means is that the judge can give you Every instruction they want, the judge can say, this is the law in this case, and you will follow the law. And you go into that jury box and they're not allowed to ask you how you came to a conclusion. So if 12 people come out and say, yeah, we know that they're trying to throw the book at him for holding, you know, a gram of marijuana, but not guilty. And you come back with not guilty. Nobody in that courtroom is allowed to ask you why you said it. Just saying. If you want to find out more about this and all other things, you need to continue turning into turning in. Can we turning turn? In, yeah. You need to turn into a grumpy old Ben. Yes, that would help. And then tune in to grumpy old Ben's. If you haven't subscribed as of yet, go to grumpy The RSS feed is right there. Put us into your favorite podcasting app. Even better if it's a podcasting 2.0 app that you can find at newpodcastapps.com. But thanks to everybody for hanging out live with us. This is always the most fun having the live fact checking going on and having a well-supported show for episode 200 means, I guess, I mean, I don't know if we're doing 200 more, but I guess we at least have to do a few more now. Jeez. I'm not up for 200 more this week. We're putting us. Yeah. You're putting us to too much work. 
Although if you come in with the same amount of donations, then uh, maybe the shows will start multiplying. You never know. You never Wait, know. You, are you, are you suggesting we might go back to two a week? Cause it's possible. That hurt. That hurt. <laughs> the cats are looking at you kind of funny. But I'm not, I'm not doing five shows a week already. That's true. There's always time. That's it. There's always time until we're dead. So until that happens, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live still deep from the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac where for 200 episodes, thank each and every one of you experts. And from America's left coast, where without double standards, we'd have no standards at all. I'm Ryan Bemrose. All right, that was a good rehearsal. Let's uh, let's do it live now.